uh, today. Awesome. Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what you have found in your vast, expensive research into the uh, Hunter Biden laptop and the files? Uh, the primary question that I would like to ask you is, uh, I've seen an interview where you stated that you have found uh, several um, matters in which Joe Biden himself is implicated uh, and has acted uh, criminally. Can you just summarize that real quick for us? What are those uh, points that you found that uh, made you say that? Yes, very good question. So we found seven federal felonies that Joe committed over a decade-long period, and very quickly they deal with the Foreign Agents Registration Act. That is, uh, that's that's two of the seven. Joe, as you will recall, was basically. Um, the the person who closed deals for Hunter. Hunter was the family bagman, and what what would occur is 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 very simple, but it's sort of a corruption tango that they had to play out, uh, you know, out of the public eye. And what would happen is this: um, Hunter would advocate on behalf of a foreign principal, which is again in the United States illegal if you do not declare that relationship to the Justice Department. And that exact exact statute is what they went after Paul Manafort for, for stuff that happened way before the twenty. 16 election, which was what Mueller's quote-unquote purview was all about. And so two of the seven deal with FARA, Foreign Agents Registration Act. It's been on the books since 1938 in the United States. Very old statute. The other... Can, uh, can you explain what exactly yes. the statute means? Not in too much detail, but does it mean that um, if you have any role in the U.S. government or are connected in any kind of official capacity, that if you have any kind of dealings with foreign nations, foreign governments, then you have to disclose mm -hmm. that and get permission uh, to act in that way. Is that right? Well, it's it, it's really a low bar in that the the relationship itself. So so I'll get very very concrete, and I'll I'll, I'll explain this through an example. Hunter was a quote-unquote consultant for a Romanian tycoon named Gabriel Popovicu. Gabriel Popovicu hired Hunter Biden's firm Rosemont Seneca to try to lobby the U.S. State Department um, and specifically the U.S. Embassy in, in Bucharest to strong-arm Romanian prosecutors to lessen their case against Gabriel. Now, if Hunter declared that relationship to the U.S. Justice Department, that relationship in itself is not illegal. But what happened was Hunter was was uh, was acting as Gabriel's agent without disclosing it to the DOJ. And so because the uh, the bar is so low and it's mere disclosure and the U.S. government allows these uh, principal agent relationships to occur, if you don't disclose, the penalties are steep. Uh, Manafort had millions of dollars in funds. Uh, you know, excised, and there was a, there was a lot of 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 asset forfeiture there, and so uh, theoretically, all of all of Hunter's gains from from Burisma, um, the one point two million dollars in board fees, could be um, forfeited because they came through a relationship that was not legal under the FARA. Okay, and so can, you can yeah. you explain why uh, FARA <clears throat> would even cover Hunter Biden, the son? of a then vice president? Like, why is uh, he yes. uh, uh, under that umbrella? 
Mm-hmm. So what the laptop shows is very concretely, and we put all of the emails from the, from the Biden laptop up online. It's called BidenLaptopEmails.com. We did this in May, and you can go today, uh, search keyword Vadim Pazarsky. And the reason why I'm going into the weeds here is because he was Hunter's handler at Burisma. He was an advisor technically to the board of directors, and what Hunter did was advocate on behalf of Burisma to government officials, and that's the key for FARA. You have to uh, advocate a certain um, policy or a certain uh, position taken uh, for that agent. And, and, and basically he was lobbying the U.S. government, meaning his dad. And the reason why we're so, you know, because these are these are uh, very, very hard allegations we're making that somebody committed a federal felony. It's because we have verified emails of, of Vadim saying to Hunter, we need you to, quote, use your influence about our, you know, our current situation. Um which is basically Mikola Zachevsky was being investigated for corruption. Hunter's job was to get that investigation stopped. Joe Biden in January of 2018 bragged about this very thing at the Council of Foreign Relations, another demonic entity, and said, you know, son of a bitch, I got him fired. And so what happened wait was – uh, Wait a minute. That wasn't in Bucharest. That was in Ukraine. He got yes, the yes, yes. prosecutor in Ukraine fired. Yep, and, and that's why I'm, I'm saying there's there was at least 459 violations of law because there were six different countries uh, that Hunter represented agents from illegally. And so there's the Romania case with Gabriel Popovicu in which they were lobbying the U.S. government uh, to take a position. And then, of course, the infamous one with Burisma where George Kent, the liberal uh, bow-tie-wearing uh, State Department official, uh, you know, testified under oath that that Zlochevsky paid a $6 million bribe to the prosecutor's so, office. So, so wait a minute. Are you saying that uh, that Joe Biden did the same in, in another country and got another prosecutor fired? Yes, this is one of the key. I, I think, you know, all this material wow. Kim, has been out there. But what our contribution is to all of this, and we have not been really self promoting too much but our contribution to all of this is that i played me and five other guys an attorney a private investigator an accountant and a couple of other you know digital forensics folks i we played with the rubik's cube long enough to make these connections and what what happened in both romania and and ukraine was very simple it boils down to this hunter was hired to to uh to influence law enforcement um, matters in a country in Romania and Ukraine, and these oligarchs, Gabriel Popovich and uh, Mikola Zlochevsky, all of, you know, both of which have vast holdings in Cypriot shell companies, they hired Hunter to do the wink, wink, nod, nod, uh, and, and get Joe to intervene on their behalf. Now, without Hunter's laptop, we wouldn't be able to prove this, and that's why I'm being so forthright on this call. I'm usually not like this, but because we have their comms in WhatsApp. In uh, in emails, in their text messages, it's clear as day. Once you play with the Rubik's Cube long enough and put the, and put all the pieces together, you see what the mission was. And so everybody can go to Biden.digital or Here'sHunter.com. Our main website's MarcoPoloUSA.org, and they can read it for themselves. We've not had one left wing debunker yet. So, I mean, what I find quite interesting is uh, not only – did Joe Biden remove a prosecutor that was investigating corruption at Burisma, the company where uh, Hunter Biden was sitting on the board? But the same thing happened in another country. So, and again, with Hunter Biden's involvement, I mean, the U.S. going around uh, pulling its weight to make sure that 
foreign prosecutors are getting kicked out of their jobs. In in Ukraine, I believe uh, Biden threatened that a billion dollar loan uh, from uh, from the IMF. IMF. It's not yep. going to come forward if that doesn't happen immediately. And they fired the guy the same day. And he's <laughs> done that in other countries. Wow, that is new to me. I didn't know he's done the same thing in Romania. Well, Tim, there is one other uh, point that I think you'll particularly be interested in. In the Romanian case, one of the people that violated the FARA on, uh, with Hunter, he was basically his partner in this sordid affair. His name is Mike Gottlieb, longtime attorney at Boy Schiller Flexner. He's at a different firm now, and the reason why I'm bringing him up right now with you is that Mike Gottlieb represented Seth Rich's brother, Aaron Rich, after and he got him to basically sue these people for defamation. And so, and and Mike Gottlieb represented Ruby Freeman, who committed federal felonies in Georgia and got put out by the January 6th committee in front of the whole world. Basically, she been she it on camera that she was ballot harvesting. So so what do we have here? Not only is it Hunter Biden, because remember, Hunter has an IQ just barely above room temperature. He's really, really not that sharp. His job is 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 very simple. Well, He's it's, making it's substance abuse that does that to you. No? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his job is to make the introductions and 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 uh, be in the room and make sure that the message gets conveyed to his daddy. But these killers, like Mike Gottlieb, on the other hand, they do have a very verbal, a high verbal IQ, and he is at the center of both not only the Romanian FARA violations with Gabriel Popovicu, but also the Seth Rich saga and Ruby Freeman. And again, if if anybody on this call, you know, you probably haven't heard of me before, but we we were ve- we're we're hitting very close to the bone here. Hunter's attorney actually uh, threatened me and my nonprofit. Said I needed to pick out a, an outfit for jail and I needed to get lube because he's going to bankrupt me and my family. You can go look it up on Daily Mail. Kevin Morris. We basically catfished him and infiltrated uh, Hunter Biden's like. Up a research team this summer, and uh, Kevin Morris got so mad when he found the pictures posted in the New York Post. They just went on a rampage and called me all these bunch of names. It's really, it's really um, quite incredible. When you mention Seth Rich, is the recent um, development that the FBI again does not want to disclose the contents of his. laptop and uh, have asked the judge who has already ordered to yep. disclose the data uh, to stop it uh, because of some labeling technicality you now saying not under the FOIA Act, it's something completely different. So the, the U.S. <laughs> government is struggling to keep the Seth Rich data a secret, just like they were uh, in collusion, uh, really, to kill the mm-hmm. Hunter Biden story, which is turning out to be, you know, much more interesting than um, the media made us believe. But please go yes. ahead. Sorry for that. Well, no, I was just going to say thank you for bringing that up. I think that um, we have, you know, one thing I've been meaning to reach out to you uh, on through a private line is that we have access to uh, discovery materials based on a lawsuit that uh, shows another character is involved in this Seth Rich saga, and it's somebody that hasn't even reached the public domain yet, and it deals with one of uh, Seth Rich's college classmates who, ironically, was a Republican, sort of an establishment GOP figure who we believe – and again, this is speculation. Everything I've said you know, heretofore has been documented in our report, but, uh, but there's another figure in this Seth Rich saga that I think you of all people on planet Earth could help us uncover, and, and uh, so maybe, well, maybe we can connect. Well, it's the person that he has been frequently in touch with. 
with, right? Yeah, and, and this person actually called him a dozen times the night Seth Rich was murdered, July yeah. 10th, 2016. Yeah. And the reason why I'm going into this is because these materials, these call logs were only given to uh, my nonprofit from somebody who is in civil litigation. So they got it through discovery and a subpoena. And so I think this is, I guess, all I'm trying to say is the, 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 the Internet's written in ink. Um, this is not going away. And we set up this small 501c3 with a very small budget to go after the most, you know, things that are very close to the bone. They're very protective of Hunter. He's the most protected person in the, I mean, look at the Pavlovian dog-like response, not just a Twitter, guys. But did you know that the, the signatories on that letter from the intelligence officials, the former spooks, right, of those 51, more were Republicans, so, yes, I worked for well, Donald Trump. Well, that's the Trump. uni party for you, right? Yes, um, yeah. exactly. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of uh, people don't, don't tell that side of the story, that this is not, oh, this, these aren't crocodile tears from, from Republicans on Twitter. This, is, this was a uniparty operation to influence an election. No. So um, it's, it's, it's wild. I'm, I'm really appreciative. You're, you know, one thing I wanted to, to touch on that, that you tweeted about, Kim, is that Joe Biden's relationship with, with uh, Chris Dodd, who was not only behind the disastrous financial uh, bill that came after, you know, the 08 crash, but perhaps, um, you know, we, we can uh, connect also on Joe's long longstanding ties to Hollywood. So think of the most corrupt industries in the United States, and, and people don't realize how connected Joe is there. I mean, basically, yeah. like you said in your tweet, he got a private attorney to do his bidding in attacking well, I, I, your I family. I would just say a couple of sentences about this because uh, I do want to stay on topic here. Yes. Um, so what Joe Biden did when he was still a senator, he had a lawyer – that was was working for him, Neil McBride, Neil and McBride. Uh, Neil McBride, and he then placed that lawyer, uh, who was also a copyright lobbyist for the Business Software Association, he placed him into the Department of Justice in Virginia, um, and uh, that guy uh, required a waiver from the White House to even be allowed to work in the DOJ because of his lobbying activities. And he, he's, never, he's never even gotten the waiver. He just got mm -hmm. into the DOJ because Joe Biden winked him all the way through without even fulfilling the legal requirement of the waiver. So uh, once this guy... Breathtaking. Yeah, once this guy was in the Department of Justice, he developed this case against uh, Mega Upload, of course, by instruction from Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden had a meeting with all the Hollywood studio heads in the White House to give them an update about the progress in the case against Mega Upload. And the only time Neil McBride visited the White House was a week before that meeting to brief the chief of staff of Joe Biden about the, the, the progress in the case. Just for everyone who Goes. does not understand my case, it's a very novel copyright case where they say I'm criminal, uh, criminally responsible for actions of my users on my side. And uh, this case has never happened before and has never happened since they tried this uh, test case. But it gets even worse. Not only did Joe Biden let his newly appointed uh, uh, attorney uh, in, the, in the DOJ brief him on the progress of the case for his Hollywood visitors, who are also his donors, 
but they then also went ahead and picked the judge for my case. So in the Virginia court where my case is uh, dealt with, uh, they have uh, a system where there's uh, every day a different judge on duty for new duty cases. So the DOJ could pick the day on which their preferred judge uh, was sitting and they could then make sure that he is the one who is handling my case. And surprise, surprise, that judge, Liam O'Grady, before he became a judge, worked for Walt Disney uh, through his <laughs> law firm that he was a partner in. And, and Disney was actually their biggest client. And he also held chairs in Walt Disney while residing on my case. So we got him thrown out uh, because we provided evidence that, uh, uh, you know, he had these shares and he was, uh, you know, obviously mm -hmm. conflicted. Um, and Full spectrum corruption. They got you at every single, every single stage of the process was comped. Yes, it's disgusting. It's a completely corrupt case. And the worst thing is that the New Zealand government knows all that. We've requested, mm -hmm. uh, you know, documents that I'm legally entitled to, which they are withholding. They were, you know, they were required to give them to me for my defense. They were withholding all the documents and uh, uh, we, we sued them in court for that all the way to the highest court. We won. The court said you illegally or unlawfully withheld these documents. And to this day, the New Zealand government has still not provided them to us. That shows you, uh, you know, the, the power uh, balance here, you know, where the U.S. demands something of a smaller Five Eyes country and they will literally re uh, refuse to honor their own laws. The judiciary gets corrupted. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even when the judge had to recuse himself from the case because he is tainted, they are still not going to pull uh, the plug on this case, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just a little bit of background about my case. I have yes, never and... actually spoken about this before, and I will do a separate space at the right time. You know, I'm waiting for the New Zealand government to issue their final decision, which is pending about my extradition. And once mm -hmm. that's out, I'm going to dive much deeper and provide much more information. But go well, ahead. Thank you for doing the, that. I, I was the, just going to say my my last thing about is I know you want to give it on Hunter, but or, or Joe, really, this is an investigation of Joe, which is why we took a year. We wouldn't waste a year on we wouldn't have wasted a year on Hunter. But it's you know, it doesn't get much higher than the president of the United States on planet Earth. But the last thing the last thing I'll say is one of the mistakes of the last two months of the Trump administration was pardoning the wrong people and commuting the wrong people. And so Ross Ulbricht, you and all these other people who have gotten thoroughly fucked uh, should have, you know, there was actually lobbying against Julian Assange's pardon. And I was privy to that because I worked, I worked in the white house and I saw these absolute swamp creatures, you know, basically his entire white house council, uh, uh, recommending against pardoning Assange. It's really, it's really breathtaking. But um, if you want to turn gears just slightly uh, to, to basically, you know, you asked me the seven felonies that Joe committed. One of the yeah. other ones 
was tax evasion. And the reason why we know this for a fact was there's correspondence between Hunter and uh, his longtime business partner of 20 years, Eric Schwerin, who he met at the Department of Commerce in the late 90s. And Eric Schwerin uh, and Hunter Biden and Joe had a joint bank account, and that joint bank account was used to pay for Joe's bills, but yet it was capitalized by Hunter's firm, which again, Rosemont Seneca, which was funded in part by full and Argo foreign oligarchs. And so what any honest federal investigator will find, and this is the reason why we did this report. It wasn't just because we were gluttons for punishment and wanted to write 650 pages. It's because we think what's going down in the District of Delaware, Kim, is a is a limited hangout. It's not as corrupt as what went down in your case, but they basically have this figure named David Weiss, who, by the way, is a Republican and was nominated by Donald Trump to, um, <laughs> to basically you – know, Slap Hunter on the wrist, and he's actually already offered Hunter a plea deal last August for gun charges and tax charges. But what that would do would basically be an egregious limited hangout and only give you know, and, and basically to, it would allow the DOJ to say, "Hey, look, we're enforcing the law no matter who it is." But in fact, if they really wanted to enforce the law equally, you know, there'd be like a twenty-four count indictment on money laundering, FARA, and tax evasion. And, and which would include Joe, which is why I think there's going to be a limited hangout. Because if they go to the logical conclusion, if they if they go to the logical conclusion of this investigation, what has occurred, and we only cite this once in the report because we're you know very conservative, is this is a RICO operation. Joe is the head of a RICO operation, and that RICO operation's business model was FARA violations, lobbying violations. And basically influence peddling. And, you know, we have somebody in the Oval Office right now who's been in the DC for fifty five years. And so after after even two years, people can people can learn stuff. And so you can imagine that after fifty five years, Joe knows the game and what they weren't accounting for is us getting this laptop. And so, you know, every everything that I'm saying tonight, we'd love fair liberal reporters to uh, to try to debunk it and try to pick holes in our argument, which is why we were so low on the number. You know, some people think there are thousands of violations, but we've we've only found 459 uh, state and federal crimes, which is which is it's appalling, it's breathtaking. Um, but you know, one thing that that people also don't realize, Kim, is that Hunter wasn't just an addict. That's what everybody is saying now, uh, as his as his uh, crocodile tears. And you know, you know, why would you go after an addict? Yada yada. Well, first of all, a quarter of Wall Street snorts cocaine. So if doing cocaine, you know, gets you out from under federal crimes, then we wouldn't we wouldn't even have federal courts. Doing cocaine is not an excuse to break federal laws, right? And so the other beyond that is um you know is is saying that um i guess you know hunter hunter wasn't uh, responsible for for what he was doing at that time because he was because he was addicted to, to crack but it gets even worse than uh, just being addicted to crack hunter was dealing in it this is an area that hunter's personal attorney kevin morris is very sensitive about it's why they hate my small group and that's why they they're not even threatening lawsuits you saw uh, the cia's pr arm the washington post yesterday put out a piece about hunter planning defamation suits against everybody they're not going to touch us because we we dug into the laptop before. Right. having depositions and getting discovery i mean yeah better could happen to you than they actually suing you. That well, would be fantastic. 
Exactly. And I, I was on the, it was on the Hill again. I don't have much confidence in the U S Congress, but some of the staffers are smart and I've met with both the Senate side and the house side. The house side was this week. And one, one thing I told him is don't go always after the big name people like Eric Schwerin is out there. There's articles written on Devin Archer who ripped off Indians for $60 million in a bond fraud scheme. Um, um, and, but go after his executive assistants. The executive assistants, and by say go after, I don't mean hunt down. I mean subpoena and and bring on bring in for testimony because these, you know, Hunter didn't really run his life for a time. There was somebody scheduling his travel. The Secret Service picked up his daughters from soccer games. He's he's very manicured, you know, and, and everything was so. So there are tons of people in this syndicate that are that should be available. And somebody's going to flip. Somebody's so going to say, the, you know the what? The big question is, how are you going to do that with a DOJ that is squarely controlled by Biden and packed with people that he picked? Like, how do you get around that? Because uh, if it's they don't want to go ahead. What, this, is what I, this is what I told the congressional investigators, and we both agreed that I wouldn't say their names or which office they're in so that the left can't you know, put them in a corner and, and uh, you know, say that they're taking advice. Again, well, I'm not a lobbyist. These are suggestions of what I would do, which is send criminal referrals to state-level prosecutors. Every single thing that Hunter did, his daddy will pardon him for, even if it's the last damn thing. If it's January 19th, 2025, and Joe is on the way out, his dementia is even worse than it is today. Day, he will pardon Hunter because he's the smartest man he knows, right? That's his his words, not mine. So what we need, <laughs> we need honest, honest attorneys general to go. And Jeff Landry from, from Louisiana seems like a fair guy. We've been uh, in is communication that, is that with possible? him. Can you get a prosecutor in a in a Republican controlled state who has been appointed, uh, you know, or has no links to the Democratic Party? Uh, can you use that route? And can't the DOJ uh, overrule if they want no. to? They can't. No, on state level offenses. And, and I'm going to get very specific here, which in and uh, if if uh, if Hunter's sock account or any one of his elves is listening into this, they should be prepared. What we want to happen is uh, the attorney general of Arkansas, and he just won. It's a new guy. He's coming in, and I know him. And what, what we want to occur is this, and I'm not saying this is going to occur. This is – if justice were real in the United States, this is what would occur. Hunter's financial advisor, Edward Pruitt, everybody can look him up and sort of – you know, as Jamie does on Joe Rogan, fact-check me in real time. The Hunter's financial advisor, Edward Pruitt, lives in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. He met Hunter in the 90s when they were both in the Clinton administration in the Department of Commerce. Every single wire transfer that came from the Chinese, the Ukrainians, the Kazakhs, the Romanians, that went through wires in Arkansas. His Wells Fargo account was 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 domiciled with an with a, a, a bank in in Arkansas, and every single one of those money laundering offenses has a very long statute of limitations. And those charges could be brought by the attorney general, and the D, the national DOJ would have nothing to do about it, and they they couldn't intervene. And most importantly, Joe can't pardon those offenses. So I'm very clear eyed about how deep this goes. So I don't expect Hunter to spend a day in federal prison. What we're hoping is that and this is what they're not wargaming for is somebody at the state level who actually wants to follow the law meaning i'm not talking about jared kushner here i too loathe jared kushner i know he's done shady stuff and if somebody's broken federal laws i want them prosecuted but if if we're talking you know not in what about isms but actually following the law what the what the ag of arkansas should do 
is prosecute Hunter on money laundering charges, just like they did with Steve Bannon in New York. But I, I have grave reservations on whether that prosecution was, uh, was, was you know, legitimate. But the, but the principle is the same: the president can't pardon state level crimes. And so, if the best bet so of Hunter based Biden, based seeing, on your, based on your findings, what states would have jurisdiction? It's that a very good question. Yeah, the Arkansas is the one we've we've you know I took 14 months and did this and literally got out a map and looked at the you know who's which which crimes have a nexus to which states and Arkansas is about the only one because of the lion's share of felonies that Hunter committed with drugs, women, and financial affairs occurred in New York and California, and those AGs aren't. Um, let's just say interested in the equal application of the law and uh, a couple one of them we found an insurance fraud case in florida we've sent all that information to the ag's office there but if i if i'm being fair in in trying to look at everything in the great you know in the in the fairest light i'm if i'm hunter's attorneys i want them to bring that case because there are holes in that prosecution but the the one that they should really fear is the arkansas case because there's so much so much paper linking hunter that to that state state and joe unless you know what i'm praying for personally before i go to bed at, at night is that nobody in that ag's office is comped because it runs on blackmail and just like you said with chris dodd about your case Cam, yeah. is because the clintons have a history oh. but oh, sarah oh, so just got elected governor you think that's going to change anything now i mean she's a trump disciple she's loyal she's going to be assuming the governorship and she's going to be appointing people to the state ag now yeah I, I, I don't know. I personally have never met Sarah and, you know, hopefully in a fair system, it's the AG's call. You know, I, I don't want Sarah intervening on this because if if she does and if there's FOIA requests and other paper linking her to the prosecution of Hunter, then his attorneys could say that this is politically motivated. I would prefer Sarah stay completely out of it. And on a Monday morning, the AG's office just have a press conference and drop like a 19 count indictment. And I could I could literally point out the wire transfers in the laptop dealing with Ye Ming, Patrick Ho. All these Chinese nationals. That, so, have uh, that, you guys yeah. have you guys submitted uh, this evidence to to every single Arkansas? member of Congress? Yes, and every single AG. Well, yeah, we 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 released it on October nineteenth, but we're just now getting around to physical copies, um, to to printing physical copies. So, on October nineteenth, to answer your question, it was sent to all members of Congress digitally. Uh, I have most of their personal phone numbers. That was part of the research that went into this. And so we sent it to them personally, and then we sent it to every single contact on Hunter Biden's laptop, which was hilarious because there's over 4,000. We got a lot of fuck yous back, but we got a couple people who have been talking to us. And so they didn't realize the, the extent of criminality, and they sort of want to they want to get it off their chest, so, so, so to speak. witnesses that could assist. Yes, uh, yes. Somebody in the anti-money laundering department of a major U.S. bank submitted us submitted to our group, very small nonprofit, five guys, uh, five different SARS, suspicious activity reports. And we put those on our website. Marina Devine at the New York Post did a very long spread about one of them in January. And the reason why I'm belaboring this point, Kim, is that that SAR mentions Joe by name. Yeah. So – yeah, and, it's, uh, it goes right so to the back, top. Back to Joe here, right? I mean, you are saying there is a potential uh, for a case 
to happen outside of the wheelhouse of the Department of Justice in Arkansas. Uh, but how would that uh, affect Joe Biden? You're talking about the criminality of Joe Biden. Is that also something that can be dealt with in Arkansas? Or how would that even work? I mean, a sitting president uh, cannot be indicted, right? Well, there's, you know, that's a, that's a question that I can't answer because I don't have the experience and breath. I can only answer based on what I've what I've studied on on the laptop. And the reason why I haven't addressed that is because the crimes that Joe would could be indicted for at the state level are all in states that I know the AG is not going to be fair about. <laughs> and then the federal crimes, of course, would have to be brought by a U.S. attorney, and Joe oversees them. And anything brought at the federal level, Joe will pardon himself. And I do believe you can pardon yourself. Obviously, you can't pardon yourself against impeachment. But isn't but, it ironic? That was the allegation against Trump that oh, he's going to pardon himself. Oh, and just like Gable said. They, the most yeah. effective propaganda is that is accusing you of what they themselves are doing. It's it's gaslighting on a world history to use a Hegel phrase. It's gaslighting on a world historical level. The the amount of uh, the 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 double standard is absolutely breathtaking. And I'm not a Republican. I you know I don't I don't like most Republicans. I'm just looking at this objectively. Of and if and only a couple of Democrats have said have come forward and said you know what this is indefensible. Getting very very contemporary and and the reason why I'm I'm bringing up his art scheme now is because it is one of the few things that some Democrats have said you know what this is just in your face this. I don't know. You know, you would think that if Hunter had any uh, discretion now, he would go and live in a cabin in Montana and get off the grid a little bit. No, 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 no. That's not what he's doing. He hired a portly art dealer named George Burgess, who, by the way, had terrorist charges in California in the 90s. His, he's a felon and he went bankrupt. Anyways, Hunter Biden's xenophilic art dealer, George Burgess, um, is now, you know, selling Hunter's art to anonymous buyers for 250 grand a pop and so this none of i guess nothing has changed i guess you would think that if some person who would have a little bit of introspection and self-reflection would say you know what maybe this is not what i should be doing maybe this exposure from the laptop is not good and i should i should go into another line of work maybe you know be an actual attorney i went to law school and everything but uh, no that's not what he's doing he's doing his doodles now and uh that okay. he just so, had an so art you show. mentioned you mentioned the two uh, cases uh, where prosecutors were removed uh, with the involvement of Hunter and his financiers in Ukraine mm -hmm. and in Romania. Yes, sir. Uh, what, are other, what are the other five uh, things that you found that uh, you say are criminal behavior from Joe Biden? From Joe. Yes, I'm actually, if you give me 15 seconds, I'm on my phone now. I'm going to go up. I tweeted this directly to CBS News because yeah. CBS News just came out with a limited hangout piece last uh, two weeks ago, excuse me, about, you know, there's been great scrutiny of the laptop for two years by quote unquote Republican operatives, which is a slide at us indirectly. I'm not a Republican. I don't know where they got that from. I've never been registered as one. I just like uh, Trump basically broke the party cartel. But anyways, very specifically, I and I will I'll try to pin this tweet, but but uh, we had a tweet last week. The the seven crimes are thus, and I'll I'll, I'll spend thirty seconds going through this. Joe and Tony Blinken, uh, March twenty sixth, twenty twelve. Joe used a private 
email address to to conduct official correspondence on again that's the exact thing they're accusing trump of doing basically using well, the, the using, same thing they're accusing hillary of with her private server no? yes joe had joe actually and not only did joe use gmail accounts to talk about official government business joe had a government provided secret alias email address that evaded evaded the requirements of the presidential records act you can go look this up miranda devine's done a piece on so, it whenever it, he wanted to write to someone about corrupt shit he would use that alternative uh, yeah robert.l.peters at pci.gov and we had a couple forensics guys do reverse uh, uh, IP pings and we've gotten the name of a secret service agent who was involved in setting this up named Mark Graybo he probably wants me dead but what happened was this Joe set up this alias email address robert.l.peters at pci.gov. By the way, we counted five different aliases that Joe uses. Peter Henderson, Robert L. Peters, J.R.B., Robin Ware. It's just how these, it's, just, it's a RICO operation. Basically, they only use you know initials in text correspondence and emails to try to evade anybody. Like If somebody doesn't have deep domain knowledge, which is why it took a year, they're not going to get what they're talking about. So, March 26, 2012, the next federal felony, to answer your question very directly, May 26, 2016, Hunter was cc'd on an email of uh, about notes for Joe's up, upcoming call with Petro Poroshenko, who at that time, of course, as you know, was the president of Ukraine. Hunter was sitting on the board of Burisma, whose main operations were in Ukraine. Burisma was actually domiciled in Cyprus for money, uh, for money laundering purposes, but Joe and John Flynn are implicated in that because John Flynn was Joe's assistant, and he manually copied Hunter. So John Flynn knows about this whole thing. He should be one of the first people Congress subpoenas. The next federal crime. May 7th, 2015, uh, Joe, Jimmy Biden, and Kathy Chung set up a call for Joe Biden and Carlos Slim, who at that time was the richest man on planet Earth. You know, a corrupt oligarch from Mexico, by the way, has the largest ownership share in the New York Times, which is just ridiculous. So Joe was taking business calls with Carlos Slim on behalf of Hunter and Joe's brother, Jimmy. It's all verified in the laptop. The next federal crime, uh, using non-public information for financial gain, 5 CFR 2635.703, Joe and his assistant, Kathy Chung. Kathy Chung sent the personal cell phone numbers for Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, and most of the Obama cabinet to Hunter and Joe, and they got those numbers from the Secret Service desk officially. So what they were doing is laundering information. So the Secret Service desk sent it to Kathy. Kathy sent it to Joe and Hunter was CC'd at that. Uh, 44 USC 2207 is the statute that anybody at home can look up to verify what I'm saying. Very, very quickly, almost done. Joe and Eric Schwerin, uh, tax evasion, 26 USC 7201 on June 5th, 2010. Basically, what we have here is tens of thousands of dollars in personal home bills. I mean, stuff is stuff is ridiculous as like a retaining wall on Joe's palatial lake house uh, being paid for by, by Hunter and Eric's firm. Um, the, the, the next one is a, a state level tax evasion offense. Remember, Kim asked if if you know if the state level prosecutors could go after Joe. That would be tough because most of Joe's criminality that could be prosecuted at a state level occurs in very liberal states, whereas Arkansas is the one that you know I would really I would really uh, like there some to, uh, to be justice served. And then the final one for everybody still listening. I'm sorry for the for the. Uh, for you know, being a windbag here, but the final one is the Lone Rico statute we have cited in the report, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's very interesting. The man who wrote Rico in the in the 60s to go after the mob, racketeering and influence 
and Corrupt Organizations Act, actually worked for Joe Biden. He's 89 years old, I think, 80, 89 or 90, Robert Blakey. And guess what? I called him up. He's retired in Phoenix now, lives in a stucco home. I called him up and I said, you wrote the RICO statute. I'm doing a dossier on the Bidens. Please help me out. And he hung up the phone. And I, so I look him up further and guess what? Sure as shit, Robert Blakey, the guy who wrote the RICO statute, worked for Joe Biden in his Senate days when he was the chairman of, of the Judiciary Committee. The lead counsel for Joe. So, of course, he's not going to talk to me. And so that we saw. Yeah, by the way, they also (laughs) used the RICO Act in in my case and all my charges. It's so ridiculous. And all my charges combined amount to 186 years in jail. So it's It's, uh, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, they're using it on a – they use it on you for a – a website and then you have people cutting off people's you know index fingers and they get less time right so that, no, but that's here, that's, yes, yeah. let me let me go back to what you just said right i mean a lot of it uh uh you know sounds interesting but where is the money trail where do you have any proof that joe biden has actually benefited personally from any of the funds that Hunter Biden has made in all of these different uh, business ventures, uh, yep. using that as uh, you know the door opener. Yep. So I was just I was just citing the exhibits in the report uh, and the dates of the crime. So to get very specific here, if anybody goes to our dossier on page two hundred and two hundred one, there's going to be an email from Eric Schwerin, the subject for which is JRB bills. The president's initials are Joseph Robinette Biden, and basically it's a five point email on all the bills that are going to be paid for by Hunter's firm. And so what we can definitively prove, not only is that they that they paid for his bills and that those thing those items were not declared on Joe's tax returns, which he which he filed and publicly posted because they were so proud of doing that on the White House website, is that um, Hunter's business partner had the authority to cash checks on Joe's behalf and then write checks to Hunter and conversely from Hunter to Joe. And so what you have is a commingling of finances, and we can absolutely prove this based on email traffic. Um, so that's the answer to your question is they – there's over a, over a period of eight years, we have – uh, very casual conversations of Hunter being expected to pay for Joe. And of course, at the same time, of course, Hunter was paid by foreigners. And then the infamous text message that I cited at the end of of my last answer, which is Hunter told his daughter that he was forced to pay his dad half of his salary for his entire professional life. Again, I didn't say any of these things. It's like Hunter saying it to his oh, own daughter. I- Texted that to a family member. Yes, that- Naomi Biden, who was the first presidential granddaughter to ever be married at the White House. The woman, it, they always grift in that way. So Hunter, January 3rd, 2019, text Naomi. And I, if I could just, I, I know, I don't mean to annoy you, Kim. I'm just going to read this directly. It says, uh, this text was sent at 757. He said, I don't, re- I don't receive any respect, and that's fine, I guess. It works for you all, apparently. I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Paul, I won't make you give me half your salary. <laughs> so here you have the first son saying for 30 years under the table. Um, and this is this is good as gold. The, uh, prosecutors rely on less explicit emails for prosecu- for when arguing to juries. 
it, it you could you know and this is not hunter casually saying it the setting for anybody at home is hunter's other daughter um finnegan who's the middle child uh he has five remember uh, uh, one of which joe doesn't acknowledge in arkansas uh who was born to a stripper named dallas but anyways he's saying this to naomi his daughter this isn't a casual conversation finnegan just broke her leg hunter can't get to manhattan he's pissed and this is a very serious thing where he's saying you know what you know this is you know f everybody nobody appreciates me i pay for everything in his family and nobody you know nobody nobody respects me um so it's a very very serious thing he he admitted to and it's it's basically rico so any prosecutor let's say in arkansas could take this and say uh we want to have all your bank records we want to have all your transactions we want to know everything you've paid for and then through the through that discovery uh they can you know nail biden for every single payment that hunter has ever made uh, to joe for example home improvements house purchases Yeah, it's a, you know very well said, and you know our our dossier is very conservative in its you know it's very it's very uh, how do I say this very coldly written. It's not we don't put opinion in there. There's not um, there's not anal- It's just simply analysis of text messages, emails, and everything else. And to get at your recent point of you know all we're looking for is this is enough for many many subpoenas. We know it's a federal crime, yeah. and we cite it. But but the one last thing is Hunter, and this is another new thing because everybody was asking, you know, what's new about this dossier? Is it just everything put out in a very organized format, or is there new stuff? Through going, we went through all one hundred twenty nine thousand emails. We found the phone number for Joe's second iPhone that was secretly paid for by Hunter's firm. So if you'll notice that even to this day, if Joe's getting on the 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 chopper you'll see that he has two iphones with him it was the same thing that happened in in, in his vice presidency the number is it's no longer active is 302-377-3313 302's delaware's area code and what this meant was hunter could always get a hold of his daddy because he always had an official government uh you know iphone that the that the secret service gave him but then in circumvention of white house security protocols because i guarantee you foreign powers and you've talked about this more than anybody else who has your reach kim is that the five eyes taps all these phones joe's second iphone which was paid for by in part in part not in full but in part by full by foreign oligarchs was where everything went down and the reason why i provided the phone number is if at&t still has those records in the server farm we may, they, they may not have the audio files but what we need is who called who when and for how long did they talk because that second iPhone, which we put on page 201, we actually put a picture of Joe Biden with his second iPhone on his desk when he's still in office. And then we have a picture of, of Hunter's uh, monthly auto pays, his, his email from his assistant, his, his business partner saying 190 bucks a month for an AT&T bill for JRB, meaning Joe. You got to pay Joe's iPhone every single month because that's so, your direct so line someone, to the VP's office. Who, someone who uses an alias – uh, in in emails and who's setting up uh, a separate phone line that isn't covered by uh, you know the the, the presidential the secret, records yeah the presidential records uh, act uh, that indicates that there's something being covered up right that there's something happening that the president of the United States doesn't want anyone else to know yes and we um, again. 
I just played with the Rubik's Cube long enough to figure out what all these damn initials were for. Um, this is as, you know, this is mafia talk. The way, if, 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 even in the 70s when the FBI was tapping home phone lines, the, you know, the mafia never spelled it all out completely over the phone lines. Everything is in code. And so JRB, J, JRB where that's always Joe Pops, dad. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, and this is a, this is a crack. Head's laptop, guys. So it took me a while to go else. through all this. Uh, there's one crucial evidence to all of the business dealings that involve uh, Joe Biden, his brother, and Hunter Biden, and that is this guy Bobby. What is his name? Bobby Bobolinsky. Tony Bobolinsky. Yes, he helped with this. Tony Bobolinsky. So this guy. Uh, has already provided evidence, but apparently the FBI never got back to him and never really saw <laughs> any requirement uh, to... Yeah, they don't want to talk to him. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said, yeah, they don't want to talk to him. I mean, he went on Tucker Carlson and talked about how they don't want to talk to him. They're just not interested. It's crazy. Yeah, on, on and, page and 10... This, this yeah. guy, uh, he's the one who said that 10% for the big guy is Joe Biden simply because he was sitting in on the meetings where they discussed all these business dealings and who is going to get what. And uh, he's the, the, basically the key uh, witness when it comes to the involvement of Joe Biden in these business dealings, right? Mm -hmm. And we actually on page 10 go into the four FBI agents who were who interviewed Bobolinsky in October of 2020, October 22nd, 2020. Bobolinsky gets interviewed on videotape. There's actually a videotape in the FBI files along with Seth Rich's laptop that might be at the, at the bottom of a river now. But there was a videotape of five hours of Tony Bobolinsky talking about this. The feds names, because I like to get very specific with these feds. I don't like them to be anonymous. James Dawson, Julio Arseny, William Novak, Garrett Church. Hill, all of these people, either through commission or omission, have covered up. Some of these young guys may be scared, but fear shouldn't be a reason to not, you know, go with these to go with these allegations and at least investigate them. Um, you know, Tony and, and I talked. And how long know, ago? How long ago has um, uh, has the the witness, you know, uh, mentioned these things, and how long has it yeah. taken? the FBI to basically from that time on to do absolutely nothing, not even say, hey, this isn't a case that we are interested in, but just completely mute about it. How 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 long was that time period since he gave yeah, that to Bobolinsky? Yes. Yeah, it's a good question. It's been uh, 26 months have transpired since Tony Bobolinsky wow. gave them multiple devices. Tony Bobolinsky also did something very special for our dossier. I talked to him for a couple hours in January, and he confirmed that Xi Jinping was personally involved in approving meetings between Joe and Ye Jinping. Ye Jinping, of course, was the uh, – he's now disappeared. He's probably at the bottom of the Yangtze, or uh, he's been that special prison for high-level CCP uh, people. But Ye Jinping was the CEO of, of CEFC Energy, and in WhatsApp messages between James Gillier, who actually authored the 10% for the big guy email, to Tony Bablinski, he's saying that the number one has to approve these meetings. And James James Gillier then told Tony Bablinski offline that the number one is Xi Jinping. So what we have here is not just any standard run-of-the-mill FARA violation. What you have is a Chinese intelligence operation approved and overseen 
by Xi Jinping, the general secretary of the CCP. So it goes to the very top. And I'm very appreciative for Bobolinsky playing ball with us and being honest because, you know, most people would be scared once they got rebuffed by the FBI, they wouldn't keep talking. But he's shown he's shown courage in this whole ordeal. And we've we've contacted, of course, every single person we uh, we uh, uh, accuse of committing a federal crime in this. We've contacted for comment. Most of them told me to fuck off. But we actually have contacted Jim Dawson, Julio Arseny, Bill Novak, all of these FBI. FBI special agents who covered this up, we've given them the opportunity to provide an alternative explanation. You know, we don't want to accuse anybody of crimes um, without hearing their side of the story. But yeah. without their cooperation, that's all we that's all we have. So, so the the House is now going to investigate this, right? And uh, you have provided uh, all this information to uh, the the Republicans. Yes. Yes, I've given them uh, the you know 15 test copies that we printed before we are going to do the mass printing at the at the shop uh, has been given to congressional investigators to the staff. I was the young guy in the White House, so I always try to go find the actual worker bees who do a lot of this stuff. I find most congressmen to you know not only be lazy but uninterested in the details. So I wanted to make relationships with the actual line workers doing the you know, doing the writing, who actually writes the subpoenas, it's these staffers. And so all the staffers have the dossier. I don't actually want them to cite us by name because then it'll give the left fodder, uh, you know, but basically I want somebody, if they're sitting down with this laptop and they all, they do have a copy of the laptop, I can confirm that the, the Congress does the James Comer specifically, I want them to be able to sit down with the laptop and then use our report as sort of a guide map, you know, I mean that's yeah. the good thing, right? You guys, you guys have basically done all the work already. The work that the FBI should have been doing, you guys have done it, and you've categorized <laughs> everything. Uh, the whole document is what? How many pages? It, it is six hundred and forty-four. And you're you're right. We 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 wrote this not because we think. Hunter is going to go to the federal pen, although I do want him to spend some time at a state-level prison because his daddy can't pardon those offenses. It's because we want to guard against any limited hangout. If this Trump uh, Trump appointed prosecutor David Weiss lets Hunter you know, pay another $2 million courtesy of Kevin Morrison back taxes and admit to lying on a gun for him, it will be the greatest miscarriage of justice of any American first family in, since probably Nixon. Um, and so what, what we did was write this for the historical record. So even if none of this is action upon in 50 years, they'll know the truth. I think that's what drove you in part to write that, to have the white paper done is because, you know, there, there, people have got to know the unvarnished truth. And that's why I'm appreciative of Elon. And, you know, there was somebody that, uh, there was somebody inside Elon's camp, along with James Baker, named Alex Spiro, who you know was a mole basically. And the reason why I'm put, w- reason why I'm going into this is because even if, if for hi- history, the 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 you know people have to know the truth, even if it's a hundred years from now. The first citation, there's two thousand footnotes in this report. The first citation we make is a guy named Edward Gibbon. A British man who wrote the fall and decline of the Roman Empire. This is like this is this is our humble volume one. So like if, if America does fall and you know the CIA is in horrible things, if if America does fall, we want people to know why. And this will be an explanation of why. Mm. So the the House investigation was announced immediately after the Republicans uh, took the majority in the House. 
Um, yes, and uh, you know, they made that uh, their you know their main topic after taking over. Uh, what is your expectation with everything that you have seen and all the evidence that you are aware of? What do you think the house can accomplish? I think the best thing it can possibly do is send criminal referrals because remember, if they send criminal referrals to the headquarters of the DOJ, um, it's just going to be thrown in the, 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 the trash can. Yeah. What they Now, need to do is send criminal referrals to state and local prosecutors. Sorry, somebody – I cut somebody off. Somebody else was talking. I just wanted to chime in there. This yeah. is not much. I mean we're talking about the president of the United States. In terms of jail time, anybody, anybody uh, getting brought to justice for this? Maybe Hunter, but not Joe Biden. And, well, uh, that's, why, that's why we did such a deep dive on all his associates. Um, because somebody is bound to not want to take the fall for Hunter. I mean, it'd be one thing if Hunter were personally generous and a kind, per, you know, kind interpersonally, but we found none of that. Reading 10 years of his emails and 120,000 of them and all of his personal correspondence, uh, his main concern is Hunter. So I don't see all of these people wanting to fall on the sword for him. Um, but but isn't, isn't it uh, true that uh, Joe Biden can just. Uh... Uh, pardon anybody and that at, at the federal anybody. level it, it is federal yeah if it's on a state level he can't do anything about it it's one But of the that, weird that, things that, about that's the, then that's the way to go yes that's that's but, what i was pounding on the table with them for i said forget yeah, but, about the dog and pony shows don't have another benghazi hearing 2.0 hearings are boring we've done the investigation all we need is you to do things that which we couldn't do we can't write subpoenas we're just a non-profit we're just a watchdog so can, can stop uh, yeah. the clock on um you know cases running out of time uh where they are no longer in the statute of limitations well that's my urgency is hunter left the board of burisma in april of 2019 right when his daddy announced for president and so those fara violations are within a five-year statute of limitation and it, it, you can you can make an argument as a federal prosecutor and by the way before we publish this dossier we sent it to two u.s attorneys uh in the trump administration who have since resigned obviously and had them pick through it and, and i and i said red line this thing to hell any single thing that is not completely foul proof mark it up and you know they can they can make an argument that the last far violation occurred in april of 2019 hunter was an agent uh, he was an unregistered agent of a foreign principal namely burisma holdings and uh zlachevsky so any prosecution can be brought before, for just for that crime alone, can be brought before April of 2024. So let me ask you this. If the House would act quickly now and they would subpoena people and uh, require witness statements under oath, uh, then they could make um, uh, this evidence that you have been working on even more juicy by getting you know, direct uh, witness testimony from people with knowledge and have them provide their records And, uh, you know, everything that that would add to what you already have. Right. Yes. This is a this is a platter. Basically, we tried to we tried to carve something up that would be ready for somebody with real law enforcement powers. I would be salivating if I had subpoena powers, but I'm so sick and with the federal government, I don't want to go back into it. And so we you know, there's so much that we we couldn't make people talk. I I personally called not only all of Hunter's business associates, but all of his pimps and all of his drug dealers and all of his hook 
workers. I called over 200 people that were involved in criminal activity with Hunter Biden, and only a couple of them talked. But the Congress, you know, if they can plead the fifth, that's one of the great things about the Constitution, but they can't plead the fifth with documentation production. So, you know, well, they can. Another yeah. beautiful thing is uh, the Democrats have made sure that anyone who is not uh, answering such a subpoena can now face jail time. They have done that uh, recently with one. With of- my boss. Yeah, Peter Navarro, my old boss, he goes to trial in three weeks uh, for not for not honoring his subpoena. Me and him had a different strategy. I did produce the documentation because I was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. I had nothing to hide. but I, And I did go in there and plead the fifth. But that's – so I guess what I'm trying to say is all the documentation that I wish we had, meaning that's – the, the, the laptop is like a window, right? I can see 37% of the outside, and that 37% contains a lot of felonies. But that other sixty, you know, <laughs> that other sixty-three is very juicy, and they're going to be able to get at that sixty-three percent that we can. Okay. And I, yeah. we have we have uh, seven thousand people in this room right now. Uh, can you provide uh, everyone with a link, or even better, could you make a tweet that we can pin to the top with a link where people Thank can you. access this material? And let me ask you something: Is this Thank behind you. the paywall, or is this available for free? No. Totally for free. We're a registered charity. Um, every the online digital version, which by the way, it's not just if somebody doesn't have a lot of file space on their computer, it's it's a reader view. So the quickest the quickest link that everybody can type in is Biden digital, or here's Hunter that's that's what we wanted to and that will go directly to our 644 page dossier it's it's in an online reader view you can search by keyword so let's say you know what i really didn't enjoy hearing garrett talk about uh you know hunter dealing crack cocaine i just want to hear about joe if you go to the top right and type in joe you know he's on 323 pages of this so here's hunter.com and then our our nonprofit link and i will make a tweet kim uh, uh, is marco polo usa.org um our, our name is marco polo but we had precisely zero money when we started so we bought a two dollar domain name and put marco polo usa.org and um again i'm just the face of this but there's people I'm the youngest guy on the team. The other guys are a decade older than me, and we have an attorney, a private investigator, an accountant, digital forensics folks. And so it's really a team effort. It's a team production. And so I'm very, very grateful to them. And I'm grateful for you having me on to talk about Joe. So what I would like to do is open the floor. We're still waiting for Barry Weiss to release the next installment of the Twitter files. And while we're waiting, I would like to open the floor uh, to audience questions if you're cool with that um, anything because i think you've you know just re- re- revealed a lot of uh, information that you know probably a lot of people here are not aware of and we should give them an opportunity to ask you some questions yes thank you okay uh, Johnny is raising his hand let's start with johnny and then we move to tara lala and ian so i just what i i mean first of all i just uh, i really uh, appreciate what you're doing marco uh, and I and I'm not, you know, leaned one way or the other. But to play devil's advocate here, I don't know what we're talking about because I don't see I don't see anything happening unless another administration with conviction and influence comes into power. Uh, and when I say conviction and influence, meaning in terms of somebody wants to pursue that lane, because what would be the whole point? The whole point would be to to gain power. And if you're already in power, then what's the point? And then you're talking about the president of the United States. You know, and this is like one thing that people don't understand. And even when they say it about Trump, like Trump's not going to serve any time. Like, okay, if, if, if there's one position where you're 
literally above the law, it's that position. So I don't see this going anywhere if I'm just like a regular person looking from the outside. Yeah, Ian, uh, this is Garrett. I appreciate the question. I think that, um, you know, we have a different view of what our role is with this nonprofit. We are obviously not law enforcement, and so I wish nothing more than for justice to be served on Hunter. The most I can do, though, from my perch is lay out a lay out the unvarnished truth with that's not a limited hangout. So I get very frustrated when somebody tells, you know, only 72% of the story, whereas we took the, you know, the long route and did this for 14 months. And, and the point is very simple. I look at justice as a higher bar than truth. Justice is very hard to achieve. And throughout the history of the world, I would argue the history of the world is one of rape, pillage, disgust, and violence. And so we recognize that to achieve justice is a very high bar and we don't have the power to effectuate it. All I can do is lay in is lay material at the feet of those who can effectuate justice. And so in one sense, we're a historical group too, not in the sense of self-adulation, but writing things for the historical record. So again, even if Joe doesn't serve any time in the pen and I've never suggested he is at least at least anybody who stumbles upon our small charity will know exactly what occurred with the money laundering. And the, I think that's, that's, that's a worthy endeavor for all time because if we had this type of uh, primaries – and again, nothing from the laptop has been uh, debunked or has proven to be falsified. I think if the American people had this type of primary source material on every American president, they would see each in a different light. I mean imagine if LBJ had a laptop that was, la- that was, that was found and everything about JFK was – was on there so we have i'm not i'm not saying hunter biden committed murder i'm saying because i don't want anybody to think that's what i'm I'm implying by choosing jfk and and lbj i think he did a lot of things too that were the thing is though people don't understand is that he did a lot of things that were um uh before he had this whole i'm an addict um defense there is a lot of (laughs) you know that that's the messed up thing right because he's got that to kind of hide behind now totally in yeah, and Kevin Morris and I, maybe I wasn't articulate when I went around the first time talking about this because I, I made – it's not a joke, but it's 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 true that like a quarter of Wall Street snorts cocaine. And the reason why I said snort as opposed to – is you'd think that Hunter, knowing his daddy instituted the mandatory minimums that put millions of blacks behind bars unjustifiably for much longer than they should have been for the difference, a purely arbitrary one between crack and powder, you'd think Hunter would snort cocaine like his sister Ashley but there's actually no evidence that we can find that Hunter did snort cocaine we have tons of evidence that he smoked crack which you know why am I bringing this up because I think it's deliciously and sadly ironic that the very form of cocaine that that Joe put mandatory minimums on five years and there's actually a video that we put together of Joe on the Senate in 91 bragging about five years mandatory minimum for anybody with a quarter of crack cocaine that Hunter ingested that exact drug and so you know our goal is justice, but it's it should be like a, a, a third order effect of our work. I think our main goal with this small nonprofit is truth. And again, we have been we've been I've sent this to every single liberal and left wing outlet in the United States for somebody to write a review. I finally got a commitment from Alex Thompson at Politico of not a leftist, but a fair liberal to write a review of this. And he should be doing it in January. I just want fairness. So, you know, I I, I say that to, to your question of, you know, why is it worth it? I think the truth is worth it, even if 
even if that, you know, justice is not carried out. I, I think it's totally worth it. I just, I don't know if it will come of anything in the end. Well, I, uh, well, Dan, I think most there. people on the right, I think most people on the right in the United States have been, uh, I don't want to say glory whores, but they're, they're very, they like to hype things unjustifiably. I think I'm getting well, an one echo thing here. That I'm Garrett, Garrett I had a question for you. Um, I'm Tara Hi, Reed. Tara. I came to yes, know Joe about Biden. Um, in 2019, I'd worked for him, as you know. Yes. Um, and I have some information for you, but I can't share it with the whole room. So if, if you could DM me, I'll be in contact with you. Yes, I'd be, I'd, I'd be honored. Okay. And I've, I, I made a few you... field trips to your neck of the woods. I went to I'm the – uh, I said I – I made a few field trips. I went to the high-end grocer where Hallie Biden threw away Hunter's handgun, uh, Jansen's Market. I'm not sure if you're from there. So I've, I've read about your case and a lot of – very localized stuff. It's insane. I'm getting an echo though, and Thank I don't you. want to piss I, I, everybody I wouldn't, off. I wouldn't trust Politico. I would. I would move on to a different. <laughs> well, I've um, tried. They'll just do it. You know? But but um, I was going to ask you about Ted Kaufman and Dennis Toner. Have you investigated yes. them in connection yes. with Dupont? Uh, Ted Kaufman is on. Let me search his name. He's at least on 15 separate pages in our mm-hmm. report. Uh, Ted Kaufman is, of course, known as Joe's wise man, has been with Joe since 1972, volunteered on his very first Senate campaign. And uh, Ted Kaufman has, again, received a copy of this report. We didn't have – Ted is a very old bird and didn't communicate at all uh, really over digital means he he sends some emails but he's the type of baby boomer that sends urls to stories and just add some commentary he doesn't like talk about wire transfers you know over over email or anything and so i i'd be any any information you have about ted kaufman he is on uh seven pages of this report um we actually list him on page 70 under the head name confidants and i'll just read you Read very, very quickly, Tara, the the sentence I wrote on Ted Kaufman. I said, however, Ted Kaufman is is in a league of his own, having served on Joe's first Senate campaign in the 70s and was both his successor in the U.S. Senate, for which he had zero qualifications. And uh, That's not in the report. That was my commentary. And he was chairman of the Biden Foundation, which was a money laundering vehicle. They didn't put anything into cancer research. All they did was pay executive salaries. So – um, Ted Kaufman, you know, was a senator for 18 months, and I guarantee you that he's at the White House all the time. They call him the wise man, but yeah, I'd love he, to talk he to basically him. they've been um, they still come after me pretty hard behind the scenes. I was supposed to talk to the UN Security Council on Friday, and I had been cleared and vetted, and I was speak I was about to speak an hour before, and my video link was canceled by the Biden team. They went ballistic when they found out I was going to speak to the UN. It was about. Um, <laughs> It was about the issues of, you know, no accounting of weapons going to Ukraine and ending up in terrorist countries. So I had a report and research done that I had worked on for a long time. And I had been invited by three different representatives at the U.N. to speak. And so Biden's team stopped it. And, of course, they're trying to bury my story. But I would encourage you to look at Bristol, Meyer, Squibb and DuPont. And I can we can talk later and I'll tell you why. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your information. And Kim and Ian and Tara, um, you guys are wonderful. I love you guys. I'll echo that. Thank you for for having this space, first of all. And we do mention DuPont. 
Joe's son, favorite son, Bo, gave a sweetheart deal to a DuPont heir who had raped his own three-year-old daughter and gave him probation, didn't serve a day in the pen. And so everybody, again, we don't like to talk ill of the dead unless it's justified. This is one of those times. Uh, Bo Biden gave a sweetheart deal to a DuPont heir who raped his own daughter, and Joe has received tens of thousands in campaign donations from DuPont. DuPont, that family, you know, not only started Delaware pretty much, but owns it to this day, and Tara can probably talk a lot more articulately than I can about that that company. So it, I, I would love to, um, to get some internal documentation from DuPont. I'd love for some of their emails to be leaked. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh get some more questions in here who would like to speak next lala spencer go ahead yeah i'm happy to jump in um yeah first of all marco just amazing research thank you so much for this i'm just honestly blown away um just by the level of detail that you were able to just give us now and and i'm excited to kind of dig through this more and and learn more um, you know, I shared Johnny's concerns about, you know, actionable steps that will come out of this. Uh, you, you mentioned something very on um, when you when you started speaking just about how this was a joint effort uh, of both Republicans and Democrats to keep this information hidden. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I do share in those concerns. I think every single time I'm on a Twitter space, um, I continue to be reinforced in my belief that until citizen journal journalism is given a platform, until we are too loud to be silenced, that, you know, things won't really move forward. But I am I am curious. Um, you did mention that you've been reaching out with this story to, to quite a bit of people, um, to everyone in Congress, to independent journalists. Um, my question to you is, um, and if you feel comfortable answering, uh, first, on the the, Cong the level of Congress, uh, which offices have responded to you amicably and wanting to know more? And then I'm also curious on a secondary level about um, mainstream journalists. Have any mainstream journalists reached back out wanting to bring this story into the mainstream? Um, the reason I ask being that, you know, I'm, I'm really curious how much of an uphill battle we are fighting right now. Uh, you know, it, it just helps us know how much we have to take on and kind of carrying forth this mantle, because um, I think we're we're only just getting started with citizen journalism. Uh, but I'm very curious to hear uh, more specifics, if you feel comfortable in sharing who is uh, taking up this battle from Congress and mainstream media alongside of you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for thanks for uh, the question. I think I'll answer the second one first. I've talked to a, I would say a dozen main, uh, about a dozen mainstream reporters have replied, but what they're afraid of is acknowledging our work publicly, and that's the reason why I started the charity. I didn't want it to be, I didn't want it to be about me. In fact, some people on this call think my name is Marco, which is my point. I, I my name's actually Garrett, but the reason why I, I had the, the separate entities because I want to separate our work from me personally. So even if you personally hate me or think I'm too strong-willed, you'll at least look at the evidence. And so writers in the New York Magazine um, have 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 read the report, uh, and I'm being very very specific about the New York Magazine guys because they wrote a limited hangout piece on September 5th, 2022, called "The Sordid Saga of Hunter Biden's Laptop." I was quoted very briefly in that, and it was basically they, they spun it as a data breach that, oh, it's so sad that Hunter had all this data leaked. Again, it's, it wasn't a leak. He abandoned the device, and there's really nothing more to it. It's, in, it's an incredible story, and we lay all this out, who was involved, the laptop shop owner, et cetera. Um, 
But the, the, the mainstream writer, I'm getting his name up right here. By the way, and the reason why I'm going into it is because he's one of the only people that has engaged me privately. About a dozen have responded to him. His name's Andrew Rice. He wrote the piece for the New York uh, Magazine. He's from South Carolina. He's a reasonable guy. He's leftist, not a liberal, able to engage with him. And uh, he just won't talk about it publicly. His editors won't let him. His Again, this dossier is not like the Mueller dossier where half of it's redacted. We only redacted genitalia and social security numbers, which we are legally required to do. Everything else is not redacted. We had to redact Joe's phone number because of 18 USC 119, uh, which – could incite some people to call them at all hours of the night. But everybody else's phone number and emails, it's all in the report. I don't think they deserve anonymity. I want them to be exposed. I want to expose as much as I can without breaking the law. And so Andrew Rice has has uh, has responded, not favorably, but at least has written about it. And so I'm being very specific to say everybody else has ignored me. I'm on the White House press pool reports every day. I send it to the White House pooler every single day to their iMessage. I say, hey, you're the pooler for the day in the downtime. Take a look at this. And I send them our Substack piece. Uh, and I'll put that on our Twitter feed now just to, you know, people, stuff, stuff gets lost in your timeline. But Andrew Rice from the New York Magazine is probably one of 350, I would say, uh, mainstream writers to even touch this. So that that's the answer to your second question. We've gotten a lot of attention on the right. There's a few, a few publications that even hate me on the right. For example, Gateway Pundit has refused to cover this because they don't like me. Um, it's it's just a, a clear case of they're not interested in the unvarnished truth. I told them, I even, I even emailed both of their editors and said, even if you put Garrett Ziegler's a son of a bitch in the piece, at least talk about our dossier, even if you hate me personally. Because again, not one of our statutes has been disputed. And we'd love for somebody to take take it apart. So to answer your first question, it's staffers on the committee. And I I swore to not release their names. um, Because why? Because I don't want them to get absolutely ransacked by the left. Because there is a concerted effort to throw cold water on anything that comes from our group just because I don't hate Donald Trump, even though I'm very clear-eyed about his strengths and weaknesses and unforced errors in the first uh, term, the biggest being personnel. And so the two answers to your question. how How long have you been working on this? I put together this nonprofit, and we were accepted by the IRS in July of 2021. I took four months to research everything, and then I wrote continuously for 13 months with the help of five people. Wow. So yes. thousands thousands of men hours combined with your team. Huh? Yep. Yep. I'm here in my home office in Illinois, and that's all I've done. And so you, I, you know you're probably the person who knows this uh, entire – a Hunter Biden laptop uh, inside out, right? Every oh, totally. Email, every single message, like you, you have it all in your mind, all the connections. Yes, all the people. And that's why when you mentioned Chris Dodd tonight in your in your tweet, just stuff went up. I Chris Dodd is so deep with the Motion Picture Association of America and Hunter's connections and Joe's connections to the CAA. Um, again, back to Hunter's personal attorney, who, by the way, paid his back taxes, Kevin Morris. Kevin Morris's wife, Dulcie uh, Morgerman, or not Dulcie Morgerman, Gabby Morgerman. Dulcie's their daughter. She goes to Colgate. Gabby Morgerman is one of the head talent agents at Williams Moore, uh, at uh, 
William Morris Agency. And so all of these people are connected in Hollywood. Chris Dodd, Kevin Morris, the attorney who fought, who uh, basically pursued me in the January 6th committee, Mark Harris, is personal friends with Kevin Morris on a social level. We can't prove you know, any professional connections. One, one, one other minor detail that I'm happy to, joy, uh, to, to share about my case is that Obama was first um, – not an agreement, you know, taking down mega upload and causing such a stir. And the way Joe Biden got Obama over the line is by telling Dot to do an interview and threaten that Hollywood may withdraw political donations to their re-election campaign. So together with Dot, he's colluded to put pressure on Obama by saying, we're not going to give you any more money for your campaign. And then Dot had, uh, you know, private meetings with uh, Obama at the White House in December. Mm -hmm. And in January, the raid on my family happened literally a month after he had those four, uh, four hour meeting at the White House with Obama. Um, you know, and, and then he gave the go ahead and said, OK, I, I will be I will be backing you guys. You know, you can That's... go ahead and do this action in New Zealand. Thank you for, for pointing that out. And on our on our timeline right now, and I'm actually I'm not changing the point, Cam, I'm actually adding to it, which is if you go on our email website, bidenlaptopemails.com and search Chris Dodd, you'll see how many results come up here. Give me give me ten seconds. I'm gonna search his name. We actually have a Boolean search. So if you put it in quotation marks, um, two full pages of emails. That that mentioned Chris Dodd on Hunter's by on Hunter Biden's laptop, two full pages. There's person. One of them is inviting him to a private movie screening. Like here, it's uh, it's if you if if you retweet this, I guarantee you it'll get people you know work interested in uh, in everything. Yeah, Chris well, Dodd. I but, mean, I know everything about the relationship. Yes, Joe Biden <laughs> called Chris Dodd his his best friend in life, so he oh, considers him. His best friend, and they have been doing many, many uh, things together uh, over their time in the Senate. And then once uh, Joe Biden became vice president, and uh, you know, it's it's just uh, incredible how these two guys have colluded um, mm -hmm. in giving Chris Dot a, a justification to be paid as the head of the MPAA by Hollywood, because mm -hmm. what Hollywood actually wanted was a new law. They wanted the Stop Online Piracy Act um, mm -hmm. to pass, and then there were massive protests because uh, it was a complete overreach, uh, uh, you know, and a, a massive change in the copyright law that would have affected the entire internet and all major internet companies. So they had to shelf that. And uh, Dot was under a lot of pressure because he was appointed uh, chairman of the MPAA to deliver that result. And then uh, Mega Upload basically became the second best thing. And uh, Dot was pleading with uh, Biden to help him uh, because he mm -hmm. needs to deliver something for the 20 plus million or whatever uh, he has made from uh, from Hollywood. Yes, and it's it's breathtaking. And we wonder now, what Chris Dodd has to deliver for Joey, right? I mean, it's always it, it, with these people. And again, for, for all of the, you know, liberal people on my shoulder that always, you know, that I'm always talking to, uh, th this could apply to Republicans as well. But what this, this horse trading 
is is disgusting and it's it's playing with people's lives basically and it's got to stop and so we wonder now because joey delivered that you know that uh that statute for him what who's in debt to who it's always you know this person's in debt to me i owe him and that's what joe learned 36 years in the u.s senate what an institution for uh for favor and for favors and back scratching um and again hunter hunter is is a symptom of this he didn't cause he didn't cause the corruption in the u.s government but he just exacerbated it and what we have here if, if somebody had just tuned into this and is like you know why why is this guy spending so much time on hunter well again i would say no we're spending it on joe and we are looking into uh, hunter too because we have his laptop it's one of the first times we have this much primary source material i mean we go through on our in our dossier, on if you could just go to Biden.digital, on page three, we talk about all of the electronic device scandals that had occurred just in the 21st century, right? So if you if you if you go uh, and look at this, you know, we, we talked about Killary Cam, we talked about her private server in a closet in her home in Chappaquiddick, but then you have Peter Strzok and Lisa Page Flanders talking on their government issued digital device. We have a congresswoman named Katie Hill from from California, her sex and drug binge were photographed and Daily Mail published them. Ed Buck raped multiple black men and actually killed a couple of them for which he's serving a long sentence. And of course, John Podesta in the, in the WikiLeaks, John Podesta was invited to a seance. That's literally what happened with, with Marita, uh, with, with all that. So there's multiple examples of electronic device scandals. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Anthony Weiner's laptop, iPhone, and iPad. We didn't get that one. Uh, apparently, some people in the NYPD saw it and like started vomiting all the disgusting stuff on Anthony. That's, on, that's in a New York Post story. It's not my opinion. So you have Hunter just being the latest example of what we call this sordid national embarrassment of – these devices are now with everybody all the time. Five Eyes, as Kim has talked about, is tapping into them constantly. But then if people make any mistakes, meaning if they forget to pick them up or somebody somebody inter, you know intercepts their communications, we get to see them for who they really are. I mean, going going through this laptop, you get to see how the Bidens really act. And it's uh it's it's it so little charity. So little charity. I don't know how anybody could actually like them personally. Um I'll, I'll stop there. I don't. I can't. Hear, can't stand to hear myself talk for that long. I know you might want to do some questions, or if Barry Weiss. By the, by the way, it seems like there will be no uh, release of uh, Twitter files today, but tomorrow. Yeah, no drop today. Sad. So we we can <sighs> continue talking about. I'm sure they have to go through a lot of stuff and also get sign off on it. So. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll all uh, meet back again tomorrow to talk about uh, the Twitter mm -hmm. files. But this topic is so interesting and I'm so uh, intrigued to uh, hear more. So we can just continue with this and I rename the uh, the space to something Thank else. What, what title should I give it? Um, I would say Biden Family Corruption. Biden family or inside the Biden family. That's what I always use. Inside, the Biden. I... inside the Biden family. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay, Marco. If, if possible, I just wanted to ask you some short questions. Uh, did, to yes. did uh, Tony Bobolinsky give you access to the three blackberries? He gave us access to everything he gave congressional investigators. 
So to answer your question, the FBI has the physical devices, but we have all the messages from them, and we actually transcribed all of them. This is what we've been doing for the last year with very little fanfare, um, and that was on purpose. We just focused on the work. I've done zero PR. We have zero marketing budget, but we actually put all of Tony Bobulinski's messages on our website, and they're in a format in a PDF that allows people to copy and paste them because I always, I'm a nerd, right? So I get pissed when I see boomers taking pictures. I was so mad at Tony personally because it's like dude why didn't you just export the messages from the whatsapp that feature is you know could be navigated by like a very well-trained ape but no he had to take a picture of the of the of the messages but anyways we we went through the trouble to transcribe all of them on marcopolousa.org you can go to the thing it's called um tony bobolinsky messages it's in a zip file and then you can download the big pdf if you want and it's all messages over an 18 month period now i'm curious there were reports that hunter's uh, psychiatrist or psychologist also had a different laptop did you ever reach out to her or were you a- ever able to access that very good question it w- and i just did an interview about this very topic with the largest financial whistleblower in the history of the United States of America. His name is Bradley Birkenfeld. He has collected $600 million from the U.S. government because he was a private banker in Switzerland for UBS and exposed private offshore banking at the start of 2007. And Brad Birkenfeld, who I just alluded to, uh, was in contact with that psychiatrist for a time. The psychiatrist is actually a male. His name is Keith Ablo. And to... to uh, piggyback off my earlier point to a user, a, a, a user whose username is it's Earth Daddy Lala, pretty blonde lady. She, uh, I was talking uh, to her about, um, uh, you know, uh, where do I start here? So Keith Ablo is a psychiatrist who's a Republican who is a Fox News contributor, and he lives in Newburyport, Massachusetts. From the fall to the spring, early spring of twenty. 20- to the fall of 2018, uh, October specifically, to February of 2019, Hunter lived in his guest house. They call it the cottage in Newburyport. And when Hunter left that place in, uh, in 2019, he left another one of his laptops in Newburyport. So there's not only the copy of the laptop that I had that was dropped off at a Delaware laptop repair shop, but there was another one left with his psychiatrist, Keith Abloh, which was, by the way, impounded in a DEA raid. Keith Abloh has since lost his medical license. He personally hates me because we have him for one crime in this report, which again shows that we're going after everyone, Republican and Democrat. Keith Abloh was a mandated reporter and didn't give to law enforcement allegations that Hunter was sexually inappropriate with his niece. We found no evidence of penetrate. There's a lot of rumors out there of Hunter sexually penetrating his niece uh, on the laptop. There's no evidence of that we can find. What there is a mountain of evidence, we talked about this for 25 pages, is Hunter's sister-in-law, who he was having an affair with, his his dead brother's widow, she accused him of being sexually inappropriate with her daughter, who was 14, and the exact allegations are he was walking around naked, smoking crack, and FaceTiming naked girls around her. Those were the allegations. Again, not my words, Hallie Biden's words through G. Now, I, I'm, I just, I'll be as quick. Uh, my other question is there was a single report, and we all know about Patrick Coe, right? National oh, yes. File released a recording, et oh, cetera. Yep. But there was a single report that was done that implicated a number of Democratic politicians. Cuomo was named, 
Kamala Harris was named, Newsom was named, and Schumer was named. Fox You're News very well read. Report, yes. and then this is nothing in our else report. is covered. So I was curious what you found in all of these electronic items that implicate potential, gov- potential governors, former yes. governors, and the sitting vice president. So that's a very good question. Whoever asked that is very well read and very tuned into this scandal to even know Keith Ablow. Before I answer that that question, though, just very quickly. So there's the copy of the laptop that I have that came through the Delaware laptop repair shop that I got after he gave to Rudy Giuliani. There's the one that was given to Keith Ablow, which he kept um, uh, and was given to his Hunter's attorney. So that nothing from that laptop we has, has since surfaced, by the way. Uh, that, that laptop after it was taken by the DEA in a raid for which Keith Ablow lost his license – because he was sexually abusing his patients. Um, that was laptop was given back to Hunter's attorney. And then there's a third laptop, which Hunter admitted was stolen by a Russian drug dealer in the summer of 2018. He admitted this went to a prostitute on January 6, 2019. Uh, and he lost that third, la- that, that third laptop was stolen in 20, in 2018. So there's three different laptop sagas with Hunter Biden. I just have the one. Now to answer your question directly, what you were alluding to is a document that was put to put together by Joe Biden's little brother, Jimmy Biden. There's a big article, big profile of Jimmy Biden in the uh, Washington Post last summer. Again, the Washington Post is a CIA PR arm of the CIA, as you know. And so about 40 percent of it's true. But the the 40 the, percent uh, of it is revealing in that Jimmy Biden was basically doing what Joe could do, not do publicly. So Jimmy Biden was putting together a document that uh, of, of, of politicians, of public figures that they could approach for infrastructure deals on behalf of CEFC. And so what Jimmy Biden was doing was citing people that he met through his public – through his brother's public position as vice president that then Hunter and Patrick Ho, Ye Jingming, Gong Wen Dong, Mervyn Yan, Jackie Bao, uh, Sinan Futrical could approach on behalf of CEFC for infrastructure deals. And so what Jimmy was doing is basically say, hey, this is my Rolodex. I have no – what he's not saying is the only reason why I have this Rolodex is who my older brother is. But basically he was saying this is my Rolodex. This is who we're going to approach for uh, infrastructure deals, and, the, and uh, this is my value add. Because remember, Jimmy Biden can't do a pivot table on Excel. Neither can Hunter. In 10 years of correspondence from Hunter, we didn't see one Excel document. The dude knows nothing about private equity. The only thing they bring to the table else. is who they know. Let me ask you something else. Um, the the whole criminal aspect of it is one thing, right? And there's probably not much going to happen here because Biden uh, has surrounded himself with people in the DOJ and elsewhere that are going to protect him and his son. But what I found most interesting about all of this is the potential for blackmail because there are parties in china in ukraine in romania wherever that have been uh, dealing with the bidens and were involved in these uh, corrupt dealings and probably have plenty of evidence it makes you question why is all of this shit happening in ukraine why are we sending mm-hmm you know, a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. Like, isn't there a real potential there for the president of the United States to be vulnerable to blackmail? There is a real potential. And I'll mention a a person, a specific person that Kim already knows, but other people might not. Ihor Kolomoisky. There is reason to believe that Hunter's position on Burisma 
was not paid directly by Mikola Zlachevsky, who in their parlance is called a minigarch, <laughs> not actually an oligarch. Zlachevsky was known as a minigarch, and the real oligarch was Mikola, or, or was Ihor Kolomoisky. And just 30-second background on, on Ihor Kolomoisky. He's a – He's the guy uh, who he funded had, Zelensky's yes. uh, entire campaign. He's, yes, He's he the guy installed... who owned Zelensky's uh, production company for his TV show. Yes. And it's all his employees, every single person who – well, maybe not every single person, but a lot of the people who are the higher up in the Ukrainian government worked for that production company. And now they have positions of power in government as, you know, Secretary of Defense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's insane. Yes, Carry on. he – well, I was just going to say he is in uh, five pages of the report, and there's a wire transfer. Again, the, these were wire the, the the wire transfers that I'm alluding to were released by the uh, prosecutor general office in Ukraine. This is not something I cooked up. These were records that were given to John Solomon, and he posted them. And there's a 12.3 million dollar wire transfer that comes in the same month that Hunter joins Burisma, May of 2014. April of 2014 is when he joins. It comes in in May of 2014. And we believe that this came from Kolomoisky to Brosidi uh, Investments Limited, which is the holding company which owns uh, Burisma Holdings. And so why does this matter? We have, we have circumstantial evidence. Wait a minute. What, what bank would that have been coming from? Privat Bank. Well, wait a minute. Yes. Joe Biden <laughs> threatened Poroshenko in a phone call yep. uh, uh, and and basically threatened his physical security and his financial security uh, if he doesn't deal with a matter with Privat Bank. Could this be about the wire transfer to uh, his family? <laughs> yes, this is the, the – we're always very conservative in our allegations, but there is a direct link between uh, – in, I, I, I was in Detroit on Thursday giving a speech to a group, and this is this is what I left them with. I said, it's said that you know the Ukrainians paid for Hunter's position on Burisma, and I said, no, 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 it's, we think it's actually worse. I pointed to the crowd. I said, you, in part, paid for Hunter's position on Burisma because the U.S. taxpayer gave money to the IMF. Joe threatened to withhold the funds from the IMF. Once they went through, the IMF funds went to Privat Bank, which Ihor Kolomoisky was the biggest beneficial owner of. That money then went to, sh- to, to Cypriot shell companies, never to the Ukrainian people. And then $12.3 million of that went to Burisma, and Hunter was on the board of there. So actually the U.S. taxpayer in wow. part. That is one of the key revelations of our report, and the reason why we were able to put it together, again, not hubristically, but just I played with the Rubik's Cube long enough. That's the analogy I use is we were able to line up that wire transfer that was just one line item in something released by the, uh, by the prosecutor general's office. And then I, I told my guys, holy shit, this is the exact week that Devin and Hunter got on the board. The exact week that Devin and Hunter – and by the way, we don't – that um, – we can't pierce the corporate veil on which company sent that because it's all registered in the BVI. There are three active lawsuits against Ihor Kolomoisky in the United States of America, uh, two civil, and they've they've since seized the assets. But Ihor Kolomoisky has his hands in freaking steel comp- steel uh, steel mills in Ohio to commercial real estate in Florida and Kentucky where you know near where I am and then there's a huge lawsuit in the Delaware Chancery Court of course which is where Elon litigated his Twitter transaction and Hunter actually has connections to the Delaware Chancery Court he bragged to his two Chinese partners Gong Wen Dong and Mervin Yan that he was quote honored to know every single member of the Delaware Chancery Court and this was in a dispute they had which is 
which is, you know, basically code for saying, hey, if you fuck with me and you bring suit because our because our shell company is domiciled in Delaware, the only place you can bring suit is the Delaware Transfer Court. I know all the judges. So, you know, get that thought out of your head before it gets there. So it's a it's a fascinating thing. Eeyore Kolomoyski is the one international figure besides James Gillier and uh, Mikola Zlachevsky and, uh, and Gabriel Popovichu that I would love to bring to the United States. And Joe, in true Joe fashion, actually had a posturing, toothless move against Ihor Kolomoyski. He banned him from the U.S. last April. Joe and Tony Blinken, I think it was in March actually, banned Ihor Kolomoyski. In our report, we say this is a toothless and self-posturing move because Ihor Kolomoyski hardly ever comes to the States to begin with. He sends his proxies there. He has, you know, he has a big mansion in Israel, Cyprus, and Ukraine. Those are his three citizenships. I'm going to head out. One thing real quick. What I remember Trump did was to ask Zelensky to provide uh, information about uh, Joe Biden's dealings in Ukraine. And he got into a lot of trouble for that. He did. But he probably asked that question because he would have received intel information, you know, that... uh, the Ukrainians must have quite a bit of information. And could it be, and I'm just speculating here, that because Zelensky didn't provide anything and remained loyal with Biden and probably has some dirt on Biden, because otherwise Mm -hmm. Trump wouldn't have asked for it, that what we are seeing here in Ukraine um, is more than, uh, you know, what, what people expect, what people think. Well, think think about how alone you've been, Kim, in the entire not just the Western world, but the entire world about calling out this proxy war. This is a sham. Tens of billions of dollars. We have no clue where it's going. We're funding something that we have absolutely we can't even we can't even audit our own DOD, let alone the damn Ministry of Defense in Ukraine. What business do and all the Republicans are in on it, save maybe ten. And so what we have here uh, and just one one quick comment, and this is this is not not even tangential to the point. It's it's directly related. Is that um, you know this goes back not just to the Bidens, but to CrowdStrike. If you reread that transcript, and again, this was a way I wasn't directly in on this call. I was in the domestic trade office. I wasn't in the NSC. I wasn't in the call that Vinman, by the way, Vinman shouldn't have been on it either. And I think many people are on these calls that shouldn't be. I think the the call should be very small, maybe a half dozen guys on each side. But the, um, the, the call that they're alluding to, the first thing that President Trump talked about was the CrowdStrike server. Where is the fucking server? That's what, the, and I'm so proud of all that, the entire, the entirety of that call. Personally, I wouldn't have brought up the Bidens in front of Zelensky because, again, like Ian said, he was installed by Kolomoisky. He's been dirty as sin. He's a freaking actor. He's a total showboat fraud. But I might have talked about CrowdStrike because that starts his whole hoax. You know, and you, 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 one of the few people who not only Kim talked about Ukraine, but talked about Seth Rich. And if the CrowdStrike server, which shows no evidence of exfiltration, which again, Sean Henry admitted under oath, all of these people went on MSNBC and said, DNC was hacked by the Russians. DNC was hacked by the Russians. They put it in the indictment for Mueller. There's no evidence of exfiltration. Sean and Henry the FBI never asked for a copy. Exactly. So, I, I'm, 
I'm not diverting from the Bidens, but I'm saying that call with Zelensky, I wish he wouldn't have brought up the Bidens. I wish he would have stayed on CrowdStrike because that is fucking huge. That's like that's like the, the – the, once you hit CrowdStrike, it's very close to the bone, and they have a Pavlovian dog-like response almost as fast as Yoel Roth censored Hunter Biden on Twitter. My, I'm going to leave. I, my last question I had for you, and I'm sorry, was – is there any incriminating evidence you've seen for John Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines, for Mitt Romney's intelligence bagman, Coffer Black, who also sat on Burisma's board, or for CrowdStrike and Fusion GPS who were involved in the Uranium One deal and were involved with the Russiagate hoax? Is there anything in the laptop or any of these documents you've seen in regards to these people? And, and well, it's a very it's a very good question. You are touching on things that every American ought to know of but don't. Um, I'll just go through them one by one because I like very direct answers. Chris Hines, no. And the reason why is not because he didn't commit crimes, but I found Chris Hines in his correspondence and comportment to be very discreet. In fact, he has the discretion that Hunter should yearn for. So, and again, when Hunter and Devin Archer got on Breesman's board, that was too much for Chris Hines. He kind of backed out. He said, guys, guys, this is, is this isn't, my type of corruption. I prefer corruption like my my stepdaddy's version, which is the BCCI model. You know, the bank bank of international credit and commerce, the Pakistani bank. That's where John Kerry learned his grift. And uh, Chris Heinz wasn't implicated by the laptop because, first of all, he was smart for a criminal and did a lot of his stuff on cell phone. And secondly, he looked at Hunter like any rational person would, which is the fuck up with a famous daddy. And he didn't he he, he wanted to um, profit from his connections with Hunter, but not be implicated. And so unlike Devin Archer, where there's tens of hundreds of emails, uh, there wasn't that much correspondence with Chris Hines. Uh, on CrowdStrike specifically, going to your next person you mentioned, uh, no, um, there, there was not much on the laptop about that. The, the number one person that we think stateside so I mentioned Kolomoisky in the international scene, but stateside that I'd want to really probe into is Mike Gottlieb, that attorney for Seth Rich's brother and the attorney that boy Schiller, who was the point man who was corresponding illegally per the Foreign Agent Registration Act with Hans Klim, who was the ambassador to Romania and was installed by Joe. And lest you think this is not contemporary and I'm just rehashing, you know, has-beens that are seven years old, Mark Gittenstein is a longtime Biden crony, been with Biden since the 80s in the Senate. Mark Gittenstein was the former ambassador to Romania. He is now the ambassador to the EU, you know, that that sham entity that is trying to get uh, you know, Ukraine and NATO and all this stuff, the EU's mo so, source of so many of our problems. Mark freaking Gittenstein, Joe's longtime friend, he probably talks to him every 72 hours. He's Joe's guy and he's been installed at the EU. So these same people have failed upwards in further loyalty to the Biden family. They have been, you know, put in positions now with even more power than the positions they were in when the laptop events transpired. Thank you for your Anything question. Anything on Coffer Black or no? Coffer Black, co no. Coffer Black is mentioned in our report on three separate pages. We actually have a Burisma resolution that bears Coffer Black's signature. And Coffer Black, again, is one of these uniparty uh, head honchos, former advisor for Mitt Romney, as you'll recall. Maybe not everybody on the phone will recall, but uh, Coffer Black is in our report. We don't – because our report is very conservative, uh, we don't have him on any on, on any felonies based upon just the laptop's data because the most – 
with Coffer Black is he CC'd on emails about Burisma resolutions for the board to sign. Not a lot of correspondence because Coffer Black, based on my read of him, is much too heady to talk to Hunter, much too cerebral, much, you know, much. Well, he's much, the former head of the CIA's counterintelligence. No, he was yes, directing yeah, them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Know that he's he's as dirty as they come. Uh, Coffer Black probably committed FARA violations by being on Breesman's board. We know Hunter for sure did. Coffer Black probably did as well. Garrett, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And, you know, truths are stepping stones to justice. And I don't think you should listen to anybody who's telling you to uh, quit the race because you can't see the finish line. You're creating a massive court of public opinion with what you're doing that could lead to Biden not being reelected, which is very important, which makes them more vulnerable for any type of justice in the future, whether we even have a chance to get to section four, article two high crimes and misdemeanors was I, my one question for you was, thank you very much. Absolutely. Dude, you're, you're incredible. Was there any connection or truth in the Hunter Biden iCloud leak where they had found the contact name, pedo peter and do you think there's a connection to the emails you cited earlier in the call very good questions number one hunter biden's icloud was not hacked this was in my opinion just lackadaisical technical knowledge on behalf of right-wing operatives what they what they meant to say was this our group marco polo and somebody who we didn't work with at all uh, a swiss man named vincent kaufman found hunter's password to his encrypted backup that was stored locally to his iphone on the computer the password is julia is 26 exclamation point but you know that you know that game in the cafeteria where one person says something and by the 10th person it's completely different telephone game yeah yeah the telephone game what this meant was and this actually caused the secret service to make a statement which is why I was saying on Telegram at the time, is iCloud wasn't hacked. Nobody cloud because that's a perfect honeypot for them to start fucking with us, right? To get a subpoena and start looking at all my all my comms, the one they're not already. Not that I'm doing anything criminal, but they'll just make something up and plant shit. So no, what we did was we got into his localized iPhone backup, and this got translated through the telephone game to his quote unquote iCloud. Um, and his iPhone backup again is troves of federal felonies, new drug deals, new hookers, very little business stuff on his iPhone backup. But we put all of his iMessages and WhatsApp messages on our website, MarcoPoloUSA.org. And again, we were responsible and redacted all genitalia. So all the women's nipples are out, all of Hunter's, because again, he has body dysmorphia. So he's constantly taking pictures of his penis like a, a you know, just a sick person would. By the way, I, I've known a couple people who've, who were addicted to cocaine, they, that didn't cause them to take a bunch of naked pictures. So this is something else for Hunter. You can't just say he was high. People don't just get high and start taking naked pictures of themselves. So ridiculous. To answer your second question about Pedo Peter, we actually put a comprehensive uh, uh, PNG image, an assemblage image together on Pedo Peter. A guy named Eli on my team did this, the same guy who transcribed Ashley Biden's diary. Phenomenal dude. And Pedo Peter was a, uh, a mis- uh, again, a telephone game. It was somebody didn't do the forensics right. And that's why we've never hardly been first on stories, but we've always tried to be accurate. And what it is is very simple. It, Pedo Peter is the name in the, uh, Hunter Biden has a, has a, a nephew that's named after him. They call him Little Hunt. He's Bo Biden's son. Little Hunt had in his iPad the name for his sister, Natalie, 
uh, as pedo Peter. And the reason why we know this is because we match their numbers in multiple, in multiple, um, uh, devices. And the reason why we're able to know this at all is because Hunter was spying on his, on his entire family and backed up manually. Again, not through the iCloud. This is one of the two mistakes that Miranda Devine had in her book. Her book is phenomenal and I re- and I recommend it to everybody. Laptop from hell. But one of the mistakes is that she said they use the same iCloud. Again, that's not true. I went through all the forensics on this. Hunter used a manual tool called Dr. Phone. That's Dr. F-O-N-E. And he manually backed up his niece's phone, his nephew's iPad, and his sister-in-law phone to his laptop, which is why there's so many photos of them on his laptop. Why he did this for Hallie, we know for sure it's because he was suspecting her of cheating on him with a, with one of Joe's former Senate staffers, David Ignatius Walsh II. And for his uh, niece, you guys can surmise as well as me. I think Hunter's a pervert, no evidence of penetration, but we do know that, um, that his sister-in-law accused him of walking around naked around his niece, which again is child endangerment. But that name, Pedo Peter, was um, the the name that little Hunter Biden had for his sister, Natalie. So again, this pissed off some people on the right because they're like, you know, Garrett's not admitting to, you know, Hunter Biden uh, raped 10-year-old Chinese girls. Again, G News, which is a Chinese outlet, fucked us so bad. Because they were given this material and they put out a bunch of fake stories that like Malia Obama is on the laptop and all these other people like they they said the actress from Mulan was the one that gave Hunter the foot job. No, she wasn't. We have facial recognition. We actually have another video that corroborates it. It's a 19 year old girl from California. named Joanna. And so what this does though is in, in the in the fury and chaos of October 2020, there's about a half a dozen hoaxes that went around, not uh, from a Chinese site called G News run by Miles Guo, who's a this Chinese Miles intelligence. Thing. Yeah, I was about to say it's yeah, a, Miles, basically Miles, a bunch of hoaxes, right? I mean they're a bunch of hoaxes. Miles Guo yeah. pisses me off so fucking bad. And again, I have no allegiance other than the truth. Miles Guo, we put a picture of him in our report. We talk about these hoaxes. The Malia Obama look alike was a name was a woman named Aaron. She was a track stand, standout at UNLV. She's actually mentioned in one of the suspicious activity reports. Everybody who's asked me these questions on Twitter, like you're, you know, you're covering. They told they said I was covering for the Bidens because I wouldn't admit that Malia Obama's on the laptop. It's like you're conflating two different piece, two different uh, things. Malia Obama's credit card was posted on Twitter in December of 2019 with a line of cocaine by it, but. In her defense, many, many things could have happened there. She could have dropped her chase card at a party where there was cocaine and somebody put her card by it. And, you know, that was was a great joke and say, like, hey, I got the president's daughter's chase card with a line of cocaine. I always try to be I try to be conservative in my accusations. But that does that photo was out months before the laptop material was out in that the girl that they think is Malia Obama actually did really look like her. Her name's Aaron. She was actually paid by Hunter's firm, Rosemont Seneca. And again, he violated multiple federal felonies from this. He he uh, had her travel across state lines for the purpose of sexual activity um, and a, a bunch of other things. But again, the report's very sober. I encourage everybody to follow each one of our footnotes. We I, I per- This took me three weeks, guys, but I pur- purposely archived every single hyperlink. So every single hyperlink is ar- is through archive.org or archive.ph. Archive.org is run by leftists, so they might scrape a couple of those, but archive.ph is a very good open source like collective thing that I don't think will scrape it. So every single one has been archived, so nobody can 404 these URLs that we put in the Save footnotes. them as PDFs as well, you know, that might yes. help. Good idea. The it's next topic I want to uh, talk about 
are all these biolabs. Um, can you enlighten us about why Hunter Biden was involved in biolabs in the Ukraine and in other countries? Uh, what is the whole point of that? Very good question. So we mentioned this briefly in the report because, again, the public reporting out there uh, from, from Jack Maxey and others who are, in my opinion, patriotic people, the reporting has been quite sloppy. And this is what we can surmise from the laptop. Again, I'm not saying that if another laptop, let's say the one that the Russian drug dealers, according to Hunter himself, stole in summer of 2018, if that one's uh, surfaces and there's a bunch of shit on metabiota on that um, you know then that's that but the one that we have it's very simple hunter helped metabiota get contracts in ukraine and the reason why he did was because his firm at, at that time called rosemont seneca technology partners had an ownership share in metabiota and so if anybody if your liberal friend asks you what was hunter biden's involvement he it's very simple he helped metabiota get federal contracts so if you if you read any hunter biden's correspondence you know that he is not the guy they bring in to plan all this shit he's just not sharp enough but what he does have is a famous daddy who and he can send emails in fact a lot of the emails his uh, his partner eric schwerin would draft and he would mark you know, he would he would say yes or no to meaning Hunter Hunter didn't even want to put in the mental effort to draft the email. He he tell his partner, hey, draft this email, um, and and see if and I'll see if I approve of it. So what Hunter Biden did very specifically was help Metabiota get federal contracts through a prime contractor called Black and Veatch in Ukraine. And the reason why we can say this for sure is because of and this has been published the correspondence between Metabiota. And Hunter Biden and Vadim Pazarsky of Burisma saying, hey, there's a lot of opportunities for Metabiota here in Ukraine. And so we don't allege that Hunter Biden was there, you know, in his damn white white uh, doctor suit, you know, measuring stuff in, in a bio lab. But we can for sure say that he was involved in Metabiota, which is a, you know, plant we call it pandemic, the pandemic tracking company that to this day, Hunter Biden's main business partner has a huge ownership share. And even larger than Hunter Biden's ownership share, there's a guy who lives in, in Little Rock on Country Club Lane named Rob Walker. And they rename this is what they do. They rename the firms once corruption services. So once evidence of corruption services, they change the names. And Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, which has the ownership share in Metabiota, is now called Pilot Growth Equity. Everybody can go look it up. And it's in our report, and Rob Walker still owns a large portion of it. And their the 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 evaluation of that company has appreciated significantly since the start of the pandemic. And so we know that there's one degree of separation. There's, there's not even one degree of separation in, in, in many things, uh, but in the laptop, but we can for sure say that Hunter helped them get contracts and that Hunter's main business partner still owns a huge share of it. I can't for sure say that Hunter still owns a share of pilot growth equity, but I can for sure say that uh, his business partner did. And I can for sure say that in 2014, Hunter was trying to get them contracts in Ukraine, which is an amazing thing considering the long timeline we know about Peter Dazok and EcoHealth Alliance and all these characters. Yeah, Metabiota was also involved with them, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Metabiota was uh, Metabiota is not was not only involved with EcoHealth Alliance, but uh, like in a uh, 
in a cursory way, but they actually did presentations together. There's whole slide decks at the end. They're like thanking and crediting people. It's like, you know, eco with special thanks to eco health Alliance and Metabiota. So I don't know how much Hunter was, was uh, briefed on what Metabiota was. He definitely though was aware that he could help the company and thus was given a small ownership stake Mm. in, um, there, you know, he, he definitely could help in federal contracts, which again is the bread and butter of their business. Private entities don't pay for Metabiota services, if you want to call them that. I put services in air quotes. Basically, it's a bunch of fancy dashboards that a bunch of uh, tech people think are more, more powerful than they are. And there's a bunch of privacy concerns, right? Because their whole damn thing is tracking people. That's the whole freaking product. And in a, in a Western society or Eastern societies that values freedom, um, <laughs> you know. What what Metabiota offers is not that doesn't comport with many constitutions, which is just tracking people without any warrants, et cetera, et cetera, just because they got a virus. Yes, but isn't it interesting that Hunter had his fingers, um, you know, in bio labs? I know, and and was was involved, uh, you know, in Ukraine, but also with the Wuhan uh, lab, and. Now we have a COVID-19 that we know originated from that lab. Uh, I did another space not too long ago with the vice president of uh, EcoHealth, who basically you know, told us the whole story about um, how co- the origin of COVID-19. People who have missed that, you can find that in my Twitter timeline. It's an amazing uh, listen, so you should definitely listen to that. And then, you know, with thousands of people dying in Ukraine where he also had uh, dealings with, uh, you know, his, his companies and through his dad. I mean, it's just wherever the Bidens go, uh, there's death and destruction. And then the Russians are claiming that in the bio labs that they have uh, uh, unearthed in, in Ukraine and the territories that they took over, that they were developing anthrax and other bioweapons in those labs and that they even created uh, drones that had like uh, tanks on them with uh, spray mechanisms so you can fly them over cities and basically uh, distribute any kind of uh, agent or, or virus or whatever uh, through those means. I mean, when you look at this, this can't, this, this can't just all be a coincidence, can it? Yeah, they use no. farm drones. You, you, you make a great point and we, I can't take credit for this. Josh on my team came up with it. It's, and we put this at the bottom of the, uh, of the Biden laptop email site, and then we cite, we we say this in our report. We f- we think the Biden laptop is a Rosetta Stone of corruption, and you all know what the Rosetta Stone was, right? It helped. Uh, I know a lot of you do, but for those that don't, it helped us understand ancient languages that we didn't know. We knew they existed, but we couldn't understand them. And that's what the Biden laptop doesn't, you know, hold the hold the keys to the kingdom, but what it does do is help us understand our current predicament. So Victoria Newland, Jeffrey Pyatt, all these figures who were involved in the 2014 Western back coup that ousted Yanukovych, even if their direct correspondence is not in the laptop, they're alluded to it. And so figures today 
like, you know, Alex Spiro and other people involved in like current corruption, they're mentioned in the Biden laptop. And so we look at it as a real time open source intelligence tool, which is why I urge everybody to go to BidenLaptopEmails.com and search common names. Like, for example, Gavin Newsom is in the Biden laptop sending Hunter this kiss ass email after Hunter got kicked out of the Navy for doing cocaine. By the way, Hunter Biden lasted 36 hours in the Navy. Very first weekend down at New. He got two waivers to get into the Navy, by the way. So the reason why I bring this up is not just to make fun of somebody. It's to say if anybody in here served in the military in any country, uh, they should be pissed off at this. Hunter Biden got an age waiver because he was 42, and then he got another waiver because he had a cocaine offense in the 80s. His daddy helped him with both of those. He goes down to Norfolk Beach for a sedentary public affairs position. Very first day, he takes a drug test positive for cocaine. Didn't even make it two days. Absolutely abysmal. So um, – one one thing that uh, that I missed that Danny and my and my my group is is telling me to put down, and I think it's very sharp, is that USAID, you know, the USA, they're they're the nexus that connects Metabiota, the Wuhan lab, and and the Chinese virus, because uh, the USAID was at was working hand in glove with with Metabiota and. Burisma. Now, USAID backed out of their agreement with Burisma once the corruption allegations of Zlochevsky surfaced. But USAID, to this day, is like the government agent. It's a very non-sexy group. People can't don't even know what you know the the long acronym. It sort of makes their eyes glaze over. But USAID is a keystone of corruption. And this is again, this is not my opinion. We have. We have correspondence in the Biden laptop. If you look, if you search USAID.gov in BidenLaptopEmails.com, you'll see pages of hits, pages. And so if I were back in a, a presidential administration, um, you know, I would I, I would get rid of the USAID or completely, completely uh, reform it. You know, the former head of the USAID. Roz Shaw under Obama is good friends with Joe. He now runs the Rockefeller Foundation. So they go from the USA to why would I, the head of USAID run yeah, Rockefeller Foundation? Because they do a lot of the work. Garrett, have you Can come across the it? name Dr. Charles Liber in your um, search with the laptop and the COVID he, issue? Labs? Well, I, I know the I've read the entire court docket. It's an incredible case. That case started when I was in the White House. And so Peter and I were very interested in it, particularly with, with, uh, involving the Chinese uh, Thousand Talents program, obviously, because that was our main portfolio. Uh, if you guys don't know, I was the, the main research assistant for the guy behind the president's uh, tariff policies, industrial policy. That was me. I was a research assistant for Peter Navarro. And so the reason why I'm going into this is Charles Lieber was not on the laptop. I thought he was going to be, but uh, that's a key focus of our research group. And again, he is one of these protected people like Kim was talking about and uh, at the federal level at least. And although he's been convicted by a jury of his peers in Massachusetts, it's doubtful whether he's going to serve any real time. Uh, but again, this wasn't a one-off mistake that Lieber made of not declaring, you know, money on his taxes. This was years. He was getting thousands a month checks from from Chinese uh, nationals and infiltrators, basically. So if anybody hasn't heard of him, yeah, Charles Lieber. The by the way, this wasn't just an assistant professor. The freaking head of the chemistry department at Harvard was a member of the Chinese uh, Thousand Talents program and get, got paid tens of thousands of dollars per month in wire transfers. And he and had just, FBAR violations. 
just so people understand just so people understand the issue with Charles Lieber and Harvard and the two Chinese spies, one of which was actually a military CCP member right before COVID broke out in the U S they were arrested in Maine with bio samples in a suitcase. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very, thank you for bringing that up. That, that is an, that is a wild story. And uh, again, Hunter, I guess Hunter's role in these FARA violations, the money laundering violations, is is uh, basically the introducer. But when it got into the weeds, a lot of that talk went to his partner, Eric Schwerin, who probably has him beat by 15 to 20 IQ points, and Rob Walker. So uh, – and again, Hunter and Joey always wanted to maintain plausible deniability. That was the phrase that Jimmy Biden used to Tony Bobolinsky on May 3rd, 2017 in the, in the cabana at the Beverly Hilton Hotel pool uh, is they always want to maintain plausible deniability. So just like a mafia don, they want to know everything they need to know but nothing more. Don't tell me anything more because if I ever get asked about this, I can I can completely say – you know, Hunter wants to be able to say, I didn't know that Metabio was doing this. I was just trying to help my buddy get federal contracts, right? So they don't want to know a lot of this stuff, and that's even more disgusting. Can I jump in with a question on the laptop? Anything. Yeah, so one of the things that's always bothered me or hasn't fit together is how quick these 51 intelligence uh, spies were with their, you know, interference that they were running for the laptop story it's almost as if they were primed and ready and in fact i think that's exactly what happened so my my question is the first laptop that was stolen by the you know the russian connected hookers or you know allegedly all that sort of stuff we have some indication of what was on it but we don't have anything definitive of what was on it but if in fact that was reported and if in fact there was an intelligence assessment done on it counterintelligence assessment on it would those 51 folks have been apprised of that? And, of course, that raises a whole nother line of inquiry in, in regards to why they were so willing to run interference, knowing the counterintelligence threat that it presented. Well, first of all, I'll say that you're one of the first people in the Western world to make that connection and, and millions of people think about this every day. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm the last person to compliment somebody needlessly. So I think that's a very good question. And um, we call it a Pavlovian dog-like response of how of, of what you alluded to, how quickly they came together. They were almost like third-grade schoolgirls ganging up on somebody on the playground. That's how quickly it was. And again, more Republicans and Democrats. But I think that if there was an assessment done, if they – on again, not on the laptop dropped off at the Delaware laptop repair shop, but on this one stolen, according to Hunter, by Russian drug dealers in Vegas when he was passed out face down in a pot tub at the um, damn it, I'm blanking on the hotel. You guys are gonna have to forgive me. I'm blanking on the hotel, it's in the report in Vegas because we try to be very specific because we have all the exit data from these photos. So we look at his hotel, hotel receipts. Every, that's what the report is. It's not me just making shit up, it's like me putting the hotel receipt there. So, um, if they did, if the IC officially did receive a, a report about this stolen laptop for these former officials to have done it, because remember, it was just former officials, there would have had to been so many felonies committed by laundering that information. Um, in fact, I'm retweeting at this very time. I put 
and I want all of us to go see these people's profiles. Of those 51, I manually, not only dealing with all the customer support for our nonprofit, I manually found each of these people's Twitter accounts that had one. And that there's two tweets. I call them useful idiots, and I link to the uh, and I link the report. We put all their Twitter profiles up of the people who signed it. But um, directly, if they did know about it, if they do know about this first laptop that was stolen from Hunter, according to Hunter, then for them to have known about it, it would have been. I mean, uh, look, they're the intelligence community, yes. right? If they yes. didn't know about this, they're not doing their job. I mean, they should. Yes, no, <laughs> I think the active IC, I think the difference is, did, did the active IC know about it? I agree with Kim. Hell, they should have. Whether or not these former spooks knew about it, if they did, they're committing felonies. I'm not saying that it would surprise me in any way, shape, or form. Hell, I you know, logged 400 of them for the American First Family. I'm just but, saying but, that but would be fucking thing. wild. Look, they may be former, right? But there's one yes. thing that everybody knows. Once you are in the intelligence community, you are in for life. These people still communicate with their friends mm -hmm. and their partners in the agencies that they've been working for. They get briefed for their press appearances and what they're going to say on CNN, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to spin the next lie, to bring the next cover up. I mean, all these people are so interconnected and, and totally in touch, especially on the leadership level. There's no way in hell that they didn't know that this laptop was real. Mm -hmm. That's a, you said it well, better than the, I could. The issue isn't so much that they didn't know it was real, right? It's the counterintelligence implications of it that they were so happy to cover for. Mm -hmm. And all these people have been contacted by me and the New York Post. Um, none of them have repented. You know, being a Christian, I would just like to see a little bit of repentance because we can always forgive people. If one of these 51 spooks came forward and said, you know what, I sinned um, and here's what I know. Because guess what? If one of these people would repent, they would know about all the back dealing comms. And that's that's one of the things I told the Congress to subpoena is get the personal get the personal emails of only this topic. We're not for fishing expeditions, but get the emails that occurred from October 14th to October 19th of 2020 for the 51 officials. And you'll see the back channeling. I want to know who in the active AC, because I, obviously I sent Radcliffe, who was the acting DNI, our report. And he doesn't like me too much because I was pretty hard on him because I said all this went down on his watch, it, which it did. It did. Uh, but, you know, he would he would reply to me, you know, there's no way to police it all. And he might have a point. But again, anybody who is actively at the ODNI, I want to know the point of contact for Clapper, Hayden, Panetta, and Brennan, because they were the ringleaders of this. I want to know who they were talking about, talking to in the government to do this. That's what I think is that. That's where I think a lot of the felonies will reside, because if they did share intel about that the, the laptop was real, and thus we need to cover even more, we can get them on you know real felonies there. Marco, thanks well, for and, and that has Sorry. to be part of the investigation in the house. It absolutely does. That's got to be because I mean Jim, that, yes. that is the only place where they can put them under oath, put them on the stand, and uh, all it takes is you know for one of them to actually be truthful, and the whole house of cards comes falling down. Yes, we just need out of fifty-one souls, we just want one to be honorable. <laughs> I'm sorry know. to be. I, if I don't cry, I'll it laugh. It could happen. Or if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Yeah. So. That's how you don't commit suicide really quick, though. <laughs> 
Arkham, uh, I've got no, a no. question, and this is just you know sort of a divergent question, but are you worried at all about your own personal safety because of what you've uncovered? And I mean, a lot of this is public, but you know, no one's really put it together the way you have. No, I'm not worried about my safety at all because I think that there's half a dozen guys that have exactly what I have, and I think one of the reasons why Rich did get popped, and again, this is speculation. I don't have proof for this. But one of the reasons, I, in my opinion, Seth Rich did get popped is that he was holding on to something that only he had. And so we have an absolute policy of distributed information. And so I guess getting rid of me would do them no good it, because if they're after my the stuff that I have, everybody else has it. And so – and again, I live in a part of the country. I, don't, I didn't stay in D.C. I moved back to my home in Illinois where my family lives. Partly because we had a little little guy coming four months after we got out of the White House, but you know they're going to have to travel a long ways to to reach me. And um, you know where I come from, there is no there was no riots in 2020, and I, I don't say this as a threat, but as a promise. Like if people come where I come from, I grew up in a town of 2,000 people. If people like where I come from, if if you if you go on their property, they'll they'll be shot immediately and dragged behind a truck with their entrails. And so it's not <laughs> nice. like it's, it's not like a, a, an urban environment where in DC you can't even own a freaking gun. I mean, I don't even know how many guns my family has. So, and I'm not, that's not a, you know, puffing out my chest thing. It's just, it's just different here in the rural part of the country where people don't, people don't really fuck around like that. And again, Kevin Morris, uh, the, the one guy I would potentially fear Kevin Morris um, Hunter's direct attorney. I mean, everybody already knows what he said to me. The entire conversation was posted in the Daily Mail, uh, telling me that I needed to buy lube and that he was going to yeah, bankrupt my parents. Article. Yeah, he, yeah. he told Wild he told stuff. me that I needed to buy lube and that he was going to bankrupt my parents because, of course, my family is just normal folks. Like my parents, you know, don't have a trust fund. They're comfortable, but they don't have a trust fund. So, he, so I, what I fear most is that they're going to try to stop my work, and uh, and that's why our nonprofit only takes. $5,000 from each person per year because if we spread the wide net then nobody can go to one of our donors and say you know this has got to end because they're reaching pressure points we're not comfortable with and I, the proudest moment was not the release of the dossier it was getting under Hunter's attorney's skin because that means we're actually making a difference and that they're having all these bullshit strategy sessions now my main focus was just not let this die not let this story die from the public and that's why I'm so excited about this Twitter space and Elon buying it because one, there's so much shit here I mean with, with it, it, James Baker to- up. I mean, it's this thing is we're just at the beginning. We're now. living history right now, and I'm not. Once the hearings start in the House, I mean, this thing is going to blow up. No mainstream media can stop this from being an internet sensation. We'll be doing live yep. spaces every fucking day. We'll be telling everyone yes. on Twitter, <laughs> the new right. free headquarter of the world, uh, what's happening. And there's no way in hell that Biden has a chance to get reelected. I think by at this stage, the Democrats are thinking, you know, how the hell can we get rid of him so that we have a little bit of time to build up a new candidate uh, for the nomination where Biden is thinking, I can't leave at all because I need to use my, I need to stay in power so that I can pardon all the people that are going to get (laughs) fucked in this investigation. (laughs) So the Democrats are literally fucked. Hey, I, I, I'll pound the table to that. And the only 
favor that I'll ask the folks on this call for tonight is on our Twitter feed, this is very relevant. This is not just me asking for favors. This is directly related to what Kim just said is there has been a dark money group uh, sprung up by David Brock to challenge us directly. And by us, I mean people interested in the truth, no matter who it implicates or exonerates. I've dim- I've criticized Republicans just as much as Democrats on this call. And this group, I just retweeted our earlier tweet um, about this group. It's uh, David Jolly. Inside the White House, there's a guy named Ian Sams who's running interference for Joe right now. He will get a readout of this Twitter space tomorrow. Ian Sams is the guy who is in this many, many articles about these people to basically they've been called in as Joe's hatchet men, Maria Cardona, Michael Teeter, and of course, David Brock and Kevin Morris. They're the ones who are going to be brought in at the ground level to uh, thwart all the truth we're bringing forward, and they will bring all their resources to bear. And so I'm not responsible for what the Republicans on the Hill do. I think most of the Republicans on the Hill are, you know, just a joke. But assuming we have a couple of them like Jim Jordan and James Comer and Jamie Comer that are got their heads screwed on straight, you know, we need to put pressure on all these hatchet men and expose them for what they are, which is basically smear merchants. Uh, Marco Brock was pretty good at that. Marco, yeah. I just had a real David Brock, yeah. Yeah. He's involved in the media. If you guys are not familiar with that name, look it up. You know, he uh he basically funds these mailing lists, these uh, you know, basically slack groups where a bunch of journalists coordinate uh narratives. Yeah, he's sick. Yep. Hey Marco, I just had a quick question um in regards to the FBI. I mean, we know as a matter of a record that the FBI aggressively reached out to Mark Zuckerberg right when the Hunter laptop story was breaking and made strong suggestions and cautions to him uh, that there was a lot of what they were describing as uh, Russian propaganda coming forth and essentially cautioning uh, Mark Zuckerberg about letting uh, anything to do with the story, you know, uh, run on, on Facebook Furthermore, now, thanks to the Twitter files, we know that um, Yell Roth, et cetera, were um, meeting on having online meetings almost on a weekly basis with the FBI. So it's really and particularly what we know now um, on a factual basis, thanks to the Twitter files, it's really not that uh, far of a stretch to um suggest that the FBI was making similar oh. suggestions. <laughs> no, so, so here's the thing. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, about 15 hours ago, he promised that uh, uh, the House, once, you know, once the Republicans take over, they will be uh, calling in 51 agents, 51 federal agents, right. uh, in regards to this uh, this this thing, this uh, Twitter files thing. So it, it seems that, you know, the House, they're not stupid, right? They've got smart people there, and they have an idea of who was responsible for coordinating these uh you know the 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 plans the the, uh, the messaging and so on of social media companies mm-hmm. so we're going to get a lot of answers and none of that would have happened if it was not for the twitter files and this is right. what i talked about in that first call we did was the chain of command is going to be exposed very soon on who's telling agents outside of the legal chain of command so you know and um, a thing about David Brock, if you look at um, a super PAC called Really America, they fund a lot of the troll farms, Sally Albright, yes. the Kranzensteins, 
And Brooklyn uh, Dad. If you look Can we at talk that, yeah, you'll see yeah, David Brock. They they because they keep it one Jojo step away from, from the DNC. Hell, they even met with the uh, uh, chief of staff recently, a couple of months ago. There's this whole group photo where it's literally all of the uh, uh, left wing. Well, I won't call them left wing. These Democrats, right? These uh, Biden uh, activists, if you want to call them that, all Lord. meeting up in the White House. Where do you think the disinformation governance board came from? It's yeah. a group think yeah, tank idea. That's a, so glad you guys brought that up because I wanted I want to talk real quick about uh, Brooklyn Dad. So Brooklyn Dad is featured on our report on page fifty seven, and Brooklyn Dad again is funded by he's employed by a super PAC, and what Kevin Morris did back in May is plant BS stories on Twitter through Brooklyn Dad on page 57 in our report here. You can uh, you can see these, and, and he's trying to muddy the waters. So it, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's very contemporary. Brooklyn Dad is not just somebody in 2016 that was bitching about Trump. Kevin Morris specifically picked him. And Kevin, and again, talk about uh, all of Kevin Morris's tentacles. Kevin Morris has represented Matthew McConaughey, the actor, since 1995 and personally orchestrated Matthew McConaughey appearing at the White House to talk about gun control. So however you think. All right. All right. All right. However you stand on gun control, you probably know where I do. But even if you're a lib, just know that Hunter Biden's personal attorney was the one who set up that press conference with Matthew McConaughey at the White House press briefing because Kevin Morris has repped Matthew McConaughey for decades. And this tweet on August 16th of 2022, not just in May, but in August, this is Brooklyn Dad on, and we put this in our report because it's so delicious. The classified documents they found at Mar-a-Lago are worse than Hillary's emails and Hunter's laptop combined. That tweet was paid for with Hollywood money by Kevin Morris. And it's so disgusting. And now he's actually the, the subject of a bar complaint. Two other filmmakers, um, set, Rob Bindler and Jason Cohn, were the people who infiltrated this the set of the Hunter Biden movie, which I had nothing to do with, by the way. These two lovely foreign filmmakers, Irish people named Philippe McAleer and Anne McElhenney, were infiltrated by Hunter Biden's personal attorney and these two other filmmakers. And so the reason why we catfished Kevin Morris was because he did it to these foreigners. We felt bad for the foreigners. I said, well, here, you're going to get a piece of your own medicine. So one of my guys texted with him over a period of five weeks, ingratiated himself. Morris sent him a ridiculous diagram that looks like it's from the movie A Beautiful Mind. And then we had that published in the New York Post and Kevin Morris lost his fucking mind. So I know those are that's very minutiae, but it's a hilarious story. And you'll see like in real time how the false information laundering is run through this total shill named Brooklyn Dad. We have a full private investigation investigator background report on him we will go after him um but it's just not the right time yet but we are going to thoroughly absolutely rake brooklyn dad over the coals i know that's not a, it's not a threat i'm just saying that's what we have cooking wow that's so wait so just if i can jump in real quick carrot yes sir uh, anything yeah just so just backing up you said okay this guy brooklyn dad who i'm not I'm not very familiar with, but I've definitely seen him. But I didn't know he was paid for by Hollywood, as you said. Yes, Brooklyn Dad has been been paid by a super PAC for years. And so right, so say he, uh, that tweet was paid for. Do you literally just mean they said, "Hey, we have a tweet we want you to do. We're paying you. Do it." It's it's a generality, as in this is Brooklyn's dad's job. His job is to impart 
tweet left-wing propaganda on Twitter, right? And so it stands to reason that a part of his employment would be to do that, and that is clearly a lie. Hillary's emails, um, Hunter, you know, the the documents found at Mar-a-Lago are not worse than Hillary's emails and Hunter's laptop combined. I mean, only a shill could say that without seeing any of them. He refuses to look at any of them to begin with. So let's say that, and I don't believe this, but let's say there are damning documents at Mar-a-Lago. How could Brooklyn Dad say that without looking at any of the materials? It like it's 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 like a Socratic argument one hundred and one. Like how can well, you make a statement? All, first of all, what was so bad? There, there's well, nothing that ever came out that was. Even yeah. Better. So, so I guess my my thesis, and I was probably inarticulate about this because I'm, I'm I'm getting tired, and I apologize. Is Kevin Moore, Hunter Biden's attorney to this day is working hand in glove with Brooklyn Dad to sow propaganda on Twitter, and you'll see within the next 24 hours, Brooklyn Dad will probably make a tweet about Hunter or Joe Biden and the congressional investigation. And so, just consider that campaign contributions from Kevin freaking Morris. The longtime, uh, the longtime LA attorney who's very good friends with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway and all these sordid figures. So I have a, another question, and th- this is not about Brooklyn Dad. It's about uh, the Disinformation Governance Board and you know the woman who ran that place. Uh, you know she she's Ukrainian, right? She's got a lot of connections to Ukraine. I mean, have you found anything about her in your your investigations? We have looked deeply into uh, her recent FARA filing. If there's one government database that I have scoured to the hilt doing this dossier is the DOJ's FARA repository. And we looked deeply into um, her – you're talking about Jankowitz. Um, Yeah, Jankowitz. Yeah, the the British organization – by the way, Jankowicz is actually following the law, so she did one thing more than Hunter Biden. She is a agent for a foreign principal, and they. He works for the UK the, government now, right? The, yeah, yeah. Office. The 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 uh, the well, it's like counting countering digital hate. Um, and they make up all these bullshit statistics about. Yeah, they're the ones who are going after Elon right now. They're the ones. Yeah, they're the ones. Who, so the that, person that, going after Elon. Yeah. Is Jankowitz absolutely one thousand percent right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Elon that's, should that's know that right? if he's yeah. listening. Yeah. In. I was wondering why the hell you know counting digital hate and it's like Nina Jankowitz works for them, and now they put out the statement that uh, Twitter's uh, you know uh, hate speech has gone up by like three hundred percent against black people, fifty one percent against gays, etc. All and lies, all lies, right? And the Guardian published it, and then you know everybody else published it. They all ran yeah. the story, and now well, you know, Adam, it's Adam decided Schiff. again and again. Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, the number yeah, one, Adam Schiff ran with the it. number one he, liger he in the Democratic in Party report. made a big tweet about it. Yeah. yeah, Adam Schiff does make an appearance in our report because he was one of the main benefactors of Ed Buck, and of course we mentioned Ed Buck to say that there was an electronic device scandal. Uh, footnote thirty-two in our report is an LA Times piece about how detectives, homicide detectives, found twenty-four hundred videos on Buck's computer and phones, and Adam Shifty Schiff goes back decades with Ed, Ed Buck. Who killed poor black guys with meth? And is there uh, anything connecting Schiff to the Atlantic Council and Ukraine? Not in the laptop, um, but I, I I bet there is, but I just don't want to say anything that I wouldn't swear to. But not on the laptop. And somebody asked me to request this question because uh, they can't get up. They're asking if there's anything connecting uh, the Obama administration. I mean, there's evidence he know he knew about the Biden uh, influence peddling through Blue Star strategies, yes. State Department interviews, etc. But they want to know specifically 
Is there anything you've come across in your research connecting Obama directly? I mean, we know about the unmasking and things of that nature, but I guess anything else that may not be public? This is a very good question. If if you're looking at our dossier right now, and if after the fact this is recorded, everybody can turn to page 218, and there on that page you'll see Hunter Biden got a one-to-one unscheduled face-to-face meeting with Obama on April 4th, 2016. Again, this was unscheduled, impromptu. It was after a Greek Independence Day reception at the White House, for which there's a planning email telling Hunter to, quote, arrive at the VP's office and somebody will walk you over. Uh, Apart from the picture of Hunter meeting directly with Barack Obama, and I will put this on Twitter, so if somebody doesn't, can't access it, if they, they can't find it, I'll put it, I'll make it easy. But basically, uh, two weeks after Hunter Biden received a subpoena for a Indian bond fraud case in which poor Indians from South Dakota, the Oglala Sioux, were ripped off at the very conservative estimate of $43 million. Hunter Biden was subpoenaed about that case because every single one of his business partners in that case was indicted except Hunter. And, and one of the new revelations in our report is that Hunter's executive assistant, Katie Dodge, at that time – her husband was a freaking director of enforcement at the SEC. So all of Hunter's business partners get get not only indicted in the Southern District criminally, but civilly indicted by the SEC. At the same time, Hunter's the the husband to Hunter's assistant is overseeing that same division of enforcement. So why do I bring this up? This means that two weeks after Hunter. Uh, gets a subpoena and by the way it is a wide-ranging subpoena there's like 15 names on it 10 shell companies multiple bank accounts uh he's got to produce everything not just digital but like physical papers as well he talks to the o in the oval office and the only reason why we have this picture is because it was sent by pete souza to hunter who was pete souza was the president's photographer of course at the time president obama i'm alluding to now and um You'll see that they're just meeting in the Oval. In fact, I, I'm uh, I'm converting this PD- – I'm going to give it a high res because I'm such a nerd. I'm, this, I'm converting this PDF to a PNG so I can t- post it on Twitter for you all. But this meeting has not been reported on very extensively. This is a direct meeting between Hunter and Obama, and you can believe – this is the exact uh, verbiage we use in the report. Um Hunter's cover story was perfect, too. His meeting with Obama occurred after a White House reception that he attended in the East Room. And uh, this is a speculation, but why wouldn't he be discussing the subpoena that he just received with the president? And remember, this was April 4th, 2016. The indictment comes down the pike on May 10th. So five weeks later, Hunter is the only one not in that scheme to be indicted. And they were ripping off Indians, guys. These are the poorest folk in the United States. People have been pissed on and tramped on for 200 years, and Hunter wasn't indicted. So I'm going to tag Obama in this post on Twitter here and what um, uh, the Obama Foundation that will have to do. So this is, this is an interaction that hasn't been talked about, and it again implicates Hunter in the Indian bond fraud case for which we have him on conspiracy at the very least. We don't say securities fraud per se because we don't have the paper for that. But if we were able to subpoena the records, we could find Hunter on securities fraud for selling junk bonds to Indians. And then that money went to buy pen, a, a, a penthouse apartment for Jason Galanis. Uh, what, 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 what did you have on Tony Podesta? Because when you look at the Ukraine situation – 
Paul Manafort uh, for Farah violations was thrown into solitary yes. confinement, given the book. And Tony Podesta got a passed. And then he, he ended does. up that is lobbyist for Huawei. Yeah. You're a very who. These questions have been phenomenal. They've been better than any interview. Well, you, you need to understand we only have cool people in this. Space. <laughs> no, the, these, this, these this questions space, are about this. This isn't the space <laughs> with school kids and showboating and interrupting. This is a mature space, yep. right? I, I love it, and the the um, the the, uh, the situation that the gentleman's asking about is is Tony Podesta was allowed to backdate his FARA violation for Ukraine, which is ridiculous. And guess what? Sally Painter and Karen Tramatano, who ran Blue Star Strategies, which was alluded to earlier, which committed the lion's share of FARA violations with, with Burisma, they were just allowed to do that. Marco Polo, my small nonprofit, was one of the only people to cover this, along with a liberal writer at Politico, uh, that they were allowed to backdate their FARA, their FARA declarations. The DOJ was investigating him. They clearly fucking broke the law. And yet last summer, they were able to file this document with the doj saying they were a representative for mikola zlachevsky so it it really pisses me off i can't i'm so glad somebody brought this up because um these this backdating uh forest stuff that was unprecedented for tony podesta he was the only that's the first time in american history that somebody was allowed to do that um you know what when if that's like that's like saying you know, I'm going to pay all my, that's like Capone saying, you know, I didn't pay my taxes, but now that I got caught, can you please let me pay my taxes and not go to jail? Like, that's what we're dealing with here. So uh, it's a pretty incredible thing. Sally Painter, Karen Tramatano featured prominently in our report. And I just posted the uh, the page about Obama on our on our Twitter page. But that's a that's a very good point. Tony Podesta. Yes, uh, he's in our report multiple times. The the with the biggest one being he did the same same thing that uh, Paul Manafort did yet he was allowed to file. I mean, isn't the biggest lesson out of all of this that the level of corruption in the top tier of U.S. politics is so obvious, so blatant? The protection that they receive from the institutions that are supposed to investigate the stuff is outrageous. The media protecting these people, the deep state, you know, issuing statements to cover things up. I mean, it's just as an American who goes to vote, uh, you know, how does that make you feel that you are basically, um, you know, having people in the White House that uh, are above the law, that just do whatever they want. They're all enriching themselves with millions or billions of dollars and nothing ever comes of these uh, revelations. I mean, Stop rubbing it in. Stop rubbing yeah. it in. <laughs> but tell me, like, well, what's the solution here? Well, I will say this. I will say this. If I can just jump in real quick on this. Um, I think what everybody's forgetting is the last, let's say, okay, the last four administrations were all professional politician Democrats and progressive, you know, no pun intended, but progressively leaning more and more left as time went on. And the only one you had on the right out of those, yeah, let's see, hold on. So three of them were, were left-leaning liberal Demo uh, administrations. One of them was right wing and one of them was Trump, but that wasn't very much professional. That was more kind of like an outsider who had some 
some connections on the inside every now and then, which is what got him where he was was going. But my point is, it's been built long term to be sort of stacked to one side at this point, which is, I mean, in, in any in any case, whether it's going to be stacked to one side or the other, it's got to be built. So you're seeing, like, you know, what you're saying, Kim, you know, the corruption. Is that a lesson? I mean, I don't know. To some people, maybe, but it seems like the norm, unfortunately. Well, you know, to Kim, your point, what we just said and what I talked about, court of public opinion, in 2015, my security clearance was leaked with the OPM database hack, if anybody remembers that, where we had massive, massive exposure to federal agents. I had a top secret at the time. I was exposed. I was on a hit list. The the person who ran that, um, Kiran Ahuja, I think her name was, during that time in 2015, was responsible for that. The Biden administration immediately brought her back in as the director of OPM as soon as he took office. This is the part about being compromised we're talking about. The OPM database breach the trade for uh, Victor Bout for um, Brittany Grainer. This is all signs of (laughs) the White House being completely compromised from the bottom up. You don't have security clearance, federal agents, secret agents leaked out into the world in the biggest database breach of all time, unless it was planned. These things don't just happen. Hey, Garrett, I wanted to ask a question real quick. Um, A lot of, what you were saying is way out of my sphere of knowledge, but I did a, was more curious about how we can go and confirm what you're saying is true. I'm not denying what, whether it's true or not, but I no idea. And also when we go and confirm what you're saying, what goes into the vetting process of all these facts? That's my first question or first couple of questions. And my, my next question I'm just going to ask in a couple of parts. Uh, well, I'll just get to one part. How many laptops does Hunter Biden even have? How many have been recovered? And how many do you think are still out there? Well, very good questions. Number one, this is important for everybody uh, to ask because I don't want you to take my word for it. Our main contribution was just uh, doing the Rubik's Cube longer than anyone. But everybody can go on bidenlaptopemails.com and download all 128,000 from the laptop. And what this will allow you to do is – um, download the source documents, right? So you don't have to if you don't if you don't want to search on our site, um, you know you don't you don't have to uh, search keywords. You can download the entire tro. It's 800 megabytes. There's no there. You can you can look at every you know use every virus detector tool you want. There's no bugs in it. There's no tracking device. It's just from Hunter's laptop. Download that 128,000 tro uh, trove of emails, and then while you read our report. Look up the emails and check our work in real time. Some of the exhibits are not emails, though, so what do we do there? We uploaded all the iMessages with genitalia and SSNs redacted so that people can check our work in real time. to see. So every single exhibit that we put in this report um, – I, I don't know your full name, but Whale Coin Talk um, – every exhibit can be is, – is not just in our report but can be sought another – in another place, right? Which is very important because I want this to be picked over and used by congressional investigators. So it's, it's not, um, we, we didn't guard any of our source material. In fact, guess what? Right now, before Christmas, we have two weeks exactly 
We're going to be we're going to be launching a site similar to the emails one called bidenlaptopmedia.com and it's going to be every photo and video with genitalia redacted. So there's going to be no genitalia um, so there's no statute we're violating, but every single photo and video, and we've been wanting to do this for a while, but it's been a t- Herculean task to, 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 to redact all the genitalia. It's insane. So we so what I'm saying is every how, how single exhibit are we talking about here? Pictures is about 8,000. Um, but there are so many duplicates because Hunter is again, addicted. He was addicted to crack cocaine. And so a lot of them are duplicates, which makes a number around 25,000, but I would say around 8,000 originally, there are about 1500 on that iPhone backup that we were able to access, which is huge. Um, and so that's the first question. Every single exhibit you see to whale coin talk, uh, is able to be found independently of us. So, you know, find the find the iMessage. We we didn't change anything. We download we when we went to the iMessage, we went to Control P, right? And you can you can literally just search keyword search Joe Crack, you know, anything you want, and find that. And so you'll see that the exhibits we're citing were straight from the device. So um, you're just using their own words, their own emails, yes, their own, pictures, their own yes. documents. That's that's at- why. You're not adding anything or your own documents. You're literally just looking at like WikiLeaks, what's here, yes. and then you provide the the searchable index. You provide uh, you know some context, but that's it. Yes, and we you know two thousand footnotes. And what are the footnotes? It wasn't just you know random stuff. It's um, for example the the tweet I just made, and I'm 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 trying to fully answer your question here. So the interaction between Obama and Hunter. The footnotes on page 218, they're footnotes 927 and 928. What they are is the calendar to Obama's day. Again, everything a president does from the time he goes to the – like the time he goes to the bathroom um, to the time he leaves for a trip is logged. And so you'll see his calendar on April 4th, 2016 places him in that Oval Office at that time. You'll see that he has free time. So people don't, you know, because what's a debunker? What's G- G- uh, Jankowitz thinking, right? I always write everything with her in mind, a smear merchant. I think what's Jankowitz going to do? Well, she's going to try to find a White House calendar saying Obama wasn't in the Oval on April 4, 2016. And we, we knock that argument right out at the knees. We look at this subpoena on this page on 218. We put the... We put the announcement from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission from July 2021 announcing that the lady who wrote the subpoena to Hunter Biden, Tehal Shaw, she is currently the principal advisor to the current SEC chairman. So the woman who is overseeing the SEC's investigation into FBF and the and the SBF and FTX, the con artist, uh, uh, you know, basically he's a he's a con artist it's it's a classic bank run scenario for the crypto world total liar total fraud the person who is the principal advisor to the sec chairman investigating that knows all about the hunter biden indian bond fraud scheme to put it in hey, contemporary just, to, context. Uh, just a brief uh, correction about nina jankovic uh, she works for the center for information resilience no she doesn't work for the for the accounting no no, no the, the, the far filing was for that organization though oh is it the same organization yes yeah, the, well, I, I don't know what her – I don't know if she is like on uh, the Countering Hates website. I do know though that her FAR filing was for that UK UK firm. I'm going to actually pull it up yeah. right now. My guys will send me that FAR filing. Um, 
Yeah, because I was looking her up and it said that she was uh, she's working for the Center for Information Resilience. And it's uh, I'm looking at the site and it's all very pro-Ukraine stuff, right? I mean, these guys are like normalizing the war crimes that have been committed by the Ukrainian side against the Russians. They're blaming Buka on the Russians. And we know now that that was bullshit. It was actually done by Ukrainians and done by the boatsman boys. Right, there's a lot of evidence they they, they staged the uh, uh, the corpses because they killed those people, the, the civilians. But uh, you know, yes, yeah. I'm reading it right now. Can you? Yeah. Uh, Maybe that was the website. The, uh, yeah, I just I got the PDF right here. Um, again, this is all public information. Primary address of Reg- 1405 South Fern Street, Arlington, Virginia. Country, region, represented United Kingdom. Um, uh, address of foreign principal is in the International House, 24 Holbert Viaduct, London. And so she's being paid um, center for – son of a gun. Anyways, everybody can go see that that Jankowicz is a foreign agent right now. CRI, yep. CRIR is a nonprofit social enterprise founded and directed by UK citizen Adam Rutland and a dual UK-US citizen Ross Burley. Awful. Um, yeah. I mean, Center for Information right? Resilience. Yeah, it's Information it's Resilience. Yeah, I'm not sure what the connection is to the Center for Digital Hate, but they're both government funded. So, yeah. Yes, good point. Thanks for that. It, yeah, I no was problem. wrong. Yeah, just got to get those facts straight, you know. Sometimes it's like, you know, we want to jump the gun, and it's like, I almost tweeted out that she worked for the CDH, and it's like, oops, that would be bad. Yeah. Was there anything in there regarding Victoria Nuland and her activities with the Ukrainian embassy uh, prior to the 2016 election? Allusions to her, but not correspondence with her directly. Um, not correspondence with her directly, but allusions to her. Hey, That's Garrett. Yeah. Speaking on FTX real quick before we get away from that. Do you think there's any connection with uh, Sam Bankman fleeing to the Bahamas, which is heavily controlled by the Clinton family through their um, HIV AIDS foundation? Do you think, have you seen anything where FTX has contributed any money to that foundation, the William J. Clinton HIV AIDS foundation? I have not. I've, you know, I've been so engrossed in the the American first family that the only thing I thought about with regard to that fraud is the timing of the fund launching versus the timing of funds or the timing of Joe's campaign launch it's like within 30 days and of course he gave millions to Joey in 2020 so right around May and April of 2019 um, they both launch and SBF then you know gives deeply gives gives a lot to Joe um, so I don't, I don't know what the connections are there. I do know that, uh, SBF was not in the laptop because of course we searched immediately. That's what we do. Anytime a name comes up, we search that immediately. But, um, I would be interested to know if they started that basically a Ponzi scheme with the sole intent to fund Joe's campaign. Garrett, I remember there, thought. Garrett, I remember there, there were, um, a lot of images that were kind of going viral for a while uh, last year that looked like um, had there were a couple women in the company of Hunter Biden's hotel room. Uh, and one looked a lot like Lady Gaga and her girlfriend. Is there any validity yeah. to that? No, that is a hoax that that is covered on page 270 of the report. 
uh, actually 266. And, um, they're just, it's a different girl. Um, there's coincidental likeness. Yeah. yeah. Just, just coincidental likeness. And the reason why we can say for sure is the girl in Hunter's picture has a, has a tattoo on her left arm of a star that doesn't match Lady Gaga's. Although at that time he takes these photos on his uh, photo, on his photo booth app, right? Uh, the, the selfie thing on a Mac and there's, there's crack cocaine on the table. There's a girl, uh, sleeping or laying on the couch. And then the other girl is lighting a cigarette with a thong on. And the reason why we d- we just have a state-level crime there, meaning solicitation, California Penal Code 647-B2, is because we couldn't prove that the wire transfers were related to the liaison. Because a lot of times, Hunter would pay the hookers in cash. And again, if he's not using wires, we can't realistically get him on wire fraud. So, you know, we, we that, was, that was one of the state-level crimes. Wait, what um, the incident where... Hunter didn't have money, and then a, a special agent from the White House came, and the hooker was paid with Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the the hilarious fiasco is broken down on page two hundred and fifty. And what happened was um, a f- former Secret Service agent, and in fact, he was the special agent in charge of the LA field office. His full name is Lorenzo Robert Savage III, goes by Rob. He's also threatened me with a lawsuit. He left the L.A. field office four weeks before this occurred, so he was technically out of the Secret Service. But this all went down on the night of May 24th, 2018. Hunter was holed up at the Jeremy Hotel. If anybody is listening to this in L.A., Jeremy Hotel is a very highfalutin, like $800 a night thing, and he was wanting to pay a Russian prostitute, and he thought the wires weren't going through. And so what he ended up doing was they were going through, and he he inadvertently sent 25 grand to this woman. He vastly overpaid, but he not only overpaid, he used Joe's account to do so. So minutes later, this Secret Service, former Secret Service agent at the time, Robert Savage, runs interference and says, H, which is what everybody calls Hunter, Hunt, H, those are his two big names. H, I'm in the lobby now. Come down. This is linked to Celtic's account. Celtic is the the U.S. president's Secret Service code name. Hunter's is chieftain. Every U.S. president and his family has a certain letter. The Bidens are C's. So he's referring to Joe. He said, come on, H, this is linked to Joe's account. D.C., meaning Secret Service headquarters presumably, is calling me every 10 minutes. Let me up or come down. I can't help you if you don't let me, H. He said, I promise. Be right down. Sorry. And so what happened was this. He was – he he Hunter for the next couple of days – tries to rectify this situation with a Russian national named Golnora Jamalatova, who's the registered agent for a hooker service called Emerald Fantasy Girls Incorporated. And we'd literally look at the Zell transactions that came in on his text messages to prove that he overpaid this woman, and he got so fed up with her two weeks later that he said it would be the last time he'd ask her for her to return the cash. So we, of course, as good writers did, we called the two agents involved in this, both former. One of them was Robert Savage, who told me to fuck off and that if I published his name, he'd be suing me. Of course, we did in the footnotes. Um, And Dale Papillo, 
who was Joe Biden's personal head guard in the Secret Service for years. He's a Purdue graduate, which is a state over from me. The college is in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. Dale Papilla was also there that night. That's what that's what Robert Savage s- said to Hunter. He said, Dale's here. He's going to get the front desk to call, and, and they're going to have to give us a key now because we will assume you're in immediate danger. So, so I'm just setting the scene here. Joe Biden is not legally able to get Secret Secret Service protection at this time. This is May 2018. By statute, he loses his protection in July of 2017, just like Pence did in July of 2021. So what we have here is the U.S. Secret Service under the Trump administration monitoring Joe Biden's private financial accounts, seeing that tens of thousands of around – round dollar wire transfer went to a Russian national named Golnora Jamalatova. And then within an hour, a former agent who guarded Joe was at Hunter's hotel room called the Jeremy. And in the, the wording we put in our report is we are, it's unclear what authority these agents possessed to force the front desk personnel at the Jeremy hotel to give them the keys to Hunter's room. They're not active agents. They're not law enforcement. I know it's only a minor point, but this is a fucking insane situation. And minutes later, Hunter logs into something called secure.login.gov. And we literally have his password, which we redact and the personal key. So what this means is for some reason, Joe had a, an arrangement where his his financial accounts were monitored by the Department of Homeland Security, and Hunter then needed to go into that account and presumably try to pull money out or reverse the wires. It's it's unreal. And again, they they said that our previous president was peed on by Russian hookers in the very same thing, just like Gable said, the very thing they accused that man of doing. Hunter by the way, got a rim job from a foreign prostitute. So that's like, that's a, that's the steel dossier flipped on its head. The president's son gets a rim job from a foreign prostitute while the guy who didn't do anything was accused of being peed on by a foreign prostitute. The human comedy has never been richer. I started out my speech in Detroit saying the setting is this. Imagine if Caligula had a son and he left his laptop at a Roman repair shop. That's what my nonprofit just went through. We went through Caligula's son's laptop. It's unreal. Garrett, if let me ask the most, perhaps the most obvious question in all of this. Why? Like, why him, Hunter, knowing how much copious amounts of evidence and the great liabilities that, well, lied on his MacBook Pro, why did he leave it at this repair shop? It was he, he in for- such a state of like bender to bender that he just forgot? I mean, yeah, he forgot. Think? He 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 brought there. There's no evidence for any other theory than he forgot. And we we went into this deeply. Hunter and we, I, of course, I talked to the repair shop owner, although he didn't want to be involved in the drafting of the report, and we respected that and didn't bug him. But Hunter dropped three laptops off on April twelfth, twenty nineteen. One was completely all three were water damaged one was beyond repair one just had water damage in the keyboard for which john paul MacIsaac gave him an external keyboard and uh humorously never returned so yeah so the hunter actually owes his laptop repair guy uh a keyboard uh and then the third one uh he said you know what hunter i'll be able to salvage data on this and remember this entire time and i read the laptop uh repairman's book 
this entire time, the laptop repair guy thinks he's retrieving precious uh, photos of Hunter's dead brother because Hunter has a Bo Biden Foundation for the Protection of Children sticker on the laptop. So he takes this very seriously. This guy wasn't a, politi- a political operative. He, if he was, the second Hunter didn't come back after 90 days, he would have sold it to TMZ, okay? This is he, – he, he did the right thing. And even though his attorney hates me, the laptop, uh, the, the laptop repair guy likes me personally, and um, he did the right thing. And it's a shame that he got so fucked. Pardon my French, but I'll just be myself on this call. He got fucked by the system, by the feds, everyone. And so what happened was this laptop repair guy says, this third computer I'll be able to salvage, but I need an external device. Uh, to put the data onto. So Hunter goes to Best Buy on Monday. That occurred on a Friday. And by the way, he said Hunter had alcohol in his breath. So Hunter was probably, based on first I, firsthand eyewitness testimony, and this is the stuff he gave to the FBI, was drunk as a skunk on vodka, which was Hunter's drink of choice, and dropped off those three laptops. He comes back on Monday with the external hard drive, with the damn receipt from Best Buy that he got in Wilmington, and gives him that external hard drive. The guy calls him back three or four times according to him, and he, he doesn't come. And at the bottom of the repair contract, after 90 days, that becomes the property of the shop owner. He does the right thing, approaches two different field offices from the FBI. They take possession of the original device in December 9th of 2019, and the rest is history. Um, the, the, the right did, I would say, a discombobulated job on the rollout of this thing. There were so many unforced errors. They should have, like WikiLeaks, release the DKIM signatures from the emails, which would have cut the left-wing media off at the legs, which would have stuffed Yellow Roth in a hole, which is where he needs to be, figure, figuratively, of course. And um, But they didn't do that. Because why? Because they, they didn't have tech-savvy people there. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, who I believe is a patriot, but he's also 75, and he doesn't know what a DKIM signature is. That's the brutal truth of this. I've it's studied this. He's a total he, boomer. He and so they didn't bring the young people, people in. They don't, they don't want to take direction from me or anybody else. They're incorrigible. And that's the truth. Okay, I mean, he, just, he, he was recently cleared, uh, which shows was. you how they smeared him. Can I ask you a question Anything. about the uh, Russian, uh, the richest Russian, Russian woman uh, married to the ex-mayor of Moscow, uh, Yelena Buterina? We know Very that she did a wire of $3.5 million. From what I've seen... This is in connection to construction businesses in the States. Have you revealed anything else in regards to this connection to this Russian billionaire who sent the Biden family millions of dollars? Yes. So um, I'm actually pulling it up in real time. So anybody who is following along with me can pull up the exact page. So on page uh, 210, we go into this wire transfer. So again, the right, this is one of the two mistakes that was in a otherwise fantastic report released by Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson in September of 2020, they said that the wire transfer went to uh, Hunter Biden. What it went to was a company linked to Hunter Biden called Rosemont Seneca Thornton. And those small heirs allowed the WAPO and all these other smear merchants to say that it was wrong. But it wasn't wrong, and $3.5 million went to Rosemont Seneca Thornton, and it, and it was about uh, Rosemont Realty, which is a conglomerate real, uh, commercial real estate company that was sold to a Chinese SOE called Gemini. And so, and that, again, that implicates Devin Archer, 
Um, and somebody who gets zero press in his relation to the Biden family, but should, his name's Eddie Gilbert. And there's a biography of Eddie Gilbert. He's since, de- he's since deceased called Boy Wonder of Wall Street. Eddie Gilbert spent time, spent time in the pen and he started this thing called, um, what, what he started a, a commercial real estate company that became Rosemont Realty. And that's what links Chris Heinz and Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Okay. And so, Along with that $3.5 million wire that went to the Hunter Biden-linked firm, that's how we say it, which is true. We try to be very conservative. It's a Hunter Biden-linked firm received that wire transfer. That was for a commercial real estate investment. Devin Archer, in court documents, uh, we found this out through court documents, said that he received over $200 million in total from from Elena Baturina for his different investment ventures. In fact, the page that that's on in our report is page um oh darn it give me give me 20 seconds it's uh it's going to be it starts on page 210 and it goes into all of the all of the investments that that Baturina made and remember this isn't stuff that just happened in 2016 guys or 2014 when the 3.5 million dollar wire transfer came in to this day Joe refuses to sanction Elena Baturina. She's one of the few Russian oligarchs that was in years past forced to flee to London and she's still not sanctioned. She's one of the few billionaires that Joe won't touch. Why is that? I'm not going to be the one accusing him of being comped. So wait any- a minute, wait a minute. They are seizing all the assets of all the Russian billionaires in London, but not her? Yep. Yelena Baturina has mysteriously kept, she has been, she's not been placed on Treasury's uh, uh, OFAC list. I wonder why that is. Marco, can I ask you one, one other question? Uh, we know that, uh, you know, Privat Bank, is a center for money laundering. I'm curious if you've come across anything for Raiffeisen Bank, for HSBC, or for Deutsche Bank in regards to uh, your work you've been doing. Work I've been doing, yes, to the Biden laptop, particularly no. HSBC is pretty much all over every single corruption scandal that we can think of from Dominion voting to... Remember, HSBC was the key bank to the Sinaloa cartel in Mexico, which again, uh, basically drowns people in acid in tubs. So HSBC is up there, but to answer your question directly, Hunter goes through Wells Fargo and Privat Bank, and then Morgan Stanley was the one that produced bank statements from a shell company called Rosemont Seneca Bohai. And there's a whistleblower, lest we all get depressed from the contents of this call, there is hope. There is one whistleblower out there who has since became public. Uh, his name's Brent Sheehan. He worked for Morgan Stanley, and he is the guy who wrote 150 SARS and gave them to the congressional committees. So he knows wow. a lot. In, in fact, guy, again, these are different from our SARS, right, which were from another bank. Um, that's, that's but so, yeah, so you, one more thing, though. Yeah. There's a bank in Latvia. Uh, uh, Norvik Bank is very dirty. Devin Archer was actually on the board of that. Latvia is, of course, a huge money laundering cell, and uh, there's a lot of connections to Latvian banks. And I've been working with a whistleblower named John Christmas. His last name's Christmas. Literally, he's Latvian. Who who blew the whistle on this? He knew, and he knows a lot about Sally Painter and Karen Tramatano there. 
Yeah, just, just in case up, you don't. Uh, just yeah. a second. Just, have you added up all the money that was received, you know, in the entire history that this laptop covers by Hunter Biden and his businesses? What is the total amount? Do you have that number? We do not because it is um, we, we, we wanted to only focus the report on uh, crime. So we didn't think that the total number would be indicative of a crime per se. We just did the individual transactions. But that is a ripe area for inquiry. And, but um, all the numbers are there, right? They're in the laptop. Someone just needs to add them up and then you can – Uh, extrapolate that. That was yes. Some numbers Biden, in there. Yes. That that was when Joe Biden was still vice president. The question is, what are the um, numbers now <laughs> under his presidency? You know, I mean, there must be uh, yeah. much bigger. There's a there's an amazing email that partially answers your question on January 16th, seventeen. This is in the context of Hunter's divorce proceedings. Uh, his his. Partner Eric Schwerin sends him an email called in, the subject for which is called income, and it goes into how much money Hunter made in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. But again, that's going to be difficult. Uh, th but again, that's just Hunter, so that doesn't include Jimmy, right? Joe's younger brother, who's been with him hand in glove throughout all of this. And you know, everybody talks about the Kennedys, and remember, remember Ted Kennedy's Chap uh, Chappaquiddick, or uh, yeah, Chappaquiddick moment. Um, oh, by the way, I made a mistake earlier. I just want to correct the record. I said Hillary Clinton had a server in her closet in Chappaquiddick. I had Ted Kennedy on my mind. Uh, Hillary Clinton has a home in Chappaqua. That's in New York. But Chappaquiddick is that island in Massachusetts where he left that dead girl. So um, okay. the Bidens actually, yeah, the Bidens actually have their own Chappaquiddick story, and I'll tell you, it's in our it's in our report. Frankie Biden, the president's baby brother, who's like. 15 years younger than him. He lives in Florida with a Hooters waitress. He, in the 90s, was in the passenger seat of a car that struck and killed a man named Michael Albano. And Michael Albano was a father of two. And uh, when they hit him, they didn't go back. Frankie's brother actually said, keep driving, keep driving. Or uh, Joe's brother, Frankie, said, keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. And actually, it was his rented vehicle, a Jaguar convertible, that hit Michael Albano. And there's a couple of very good stories about this in the Daily Mail about how finally, only when Joey was running for president 20 years later, did Frankie finally start a payment plan. But he's in arrears over a million dollars. So in one way, Hunter's... Um, you know, Hunter's uh, uh, family is just like the Kennedys. There is a, a, a Chappa, Chappaqua, um, Chappa, excuse, excuse me, Chappaquiddick, excuse me, uh, Biden story. It's really sad because there's always bodies involved. And there's another body involved. Her name's Heidi Plank. She's the assistant to a Republican mega donor named Jason Sugarman. Heidi Plank was a is a missing financial controller. She's been missing since October of 2021. And uh, again, Jason Sugarman was partners with Hunter Biden in the Indian bond fraud scheme. Jason, for some reason, inexplicably wasn't charged criminally, but has been civilly sued by the SEC for the forty three million dollars, um, um, you know, for of, of basically illicit proceeds. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is nobody's talking about Heidi Plank. This is a this is a body who, um, you know, that nobody's seen for 14 months. She has a 12-year-old boy 
nobody's nobody's talking about it. And she was Jason Sugarman's direct assistant and financial controller for years. And so there's another story about this by Alex Diaz in the U.S. Sun, who we really respect. If there's anybody who's written about this, uh, it's been Josh Boswell, the Daily Mail, and Alex Diaz in the U.S. Sun, both British people. So, you know, that's what do you say about that? We have we have foreigners covering the U.S. corruption scandals. Kim won't be surprised, but maybe somebody else, maybe other people will. We have to have foreigners coming in here who are telling the truth, who don't have, you know, who don't have fear. So Heidi Plank is another one that I've talked about almost exclusively beyond the Daily Mail in the the U.S. Sun. And, of course, we've talked to Heidi Plank's um, ex-husband, and he thinks that it's tied to Jason Sugarman. Um, Oh, in talking and just going – a little bit of a, of a tangent here, but I'm trying to answer Kim's question about total dollars. There is a person in Delaware named Mel Monzak, who is the president's power of attorney and has been since 1987. Mel Monzak features prominently in our report because, um, you know, he, uh, he he's Joe's power of attorney and he's the money manager. So Mel Monzak was actually running he, – he was featured in the uh, Pandora Papers, and I know Pandora is a limited hangout and there's shit not in there. But regardless, Mel Monzak, Joe's power of attorney and his longtime law partner, in fact, started the firm with him in the late 60s, early 70s, um, started this thing called Pindell, which is a shell company in the Cook Islands. And we put this in our report, and I wonder if a lot of the millions are stored in Pindell. Remember, Pin, it's, a, it's a mixture of uh, Pennsylvania and Delaware. Mel Monzak actually lives in Pennsylvania on the border of Delaware. But yeah, Melvin Irwin Monzak, very articulate, very discreet Jewish man from Rhode Island, has been at the president's side for 50 years and was actually invited to a state dinner uh, with Obama for the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party and uh, is is very, very involved. He knows – in fact, he's the registered agent for Joe and Jill Biden's S-Corps. You know, that's very interesting. The Cook Islands has the strongest asset protection of all offshore – uh, financial destinations, and that's where Biden uh, or his, uh, his his partners have power, the money. Yeah, his power of attorney. Yep. His Joe. By, by the way, Mel Monzak knows more about um, Joe Biden than his his financial affairs than anybody on planet Earth. In my small nonprofit charity, uh, nonprofit research group, pretty much the only one I've been talking about Mel Monzak. He's an incredible figure. He had very, very good opsec. Everybody else has horrible opsec in the Biden family. They're sending sending their emails. They're uh, sending their cell phone numbers all around. You know, if anybody if, if their emails link, everybody's going to have their PII. Mel is a very discreet mover and shaker, which th- which makes me think he knows where all the bodies are buried. Figuratively, but maybe literally in some cases. Well, they need to subpoena him to come uh, to the house yes. and answer some questions. And that, that's why Joe loves him, because there's attorney-client protection uh, privilege that, that he'll invoke. Um, but again, we're, we're, on, we're on Mel's radar. His daughter worked for Bo Biden when Bo Biden was the attorney general of Delaware. And Nina Monzak um, uh, has blocked me on all messaging platforms, iMessage, um, WhatsApp, etc. But speaking of Mel Monzak, guys, and um, – Kim's earlier question about Ukraine, Mel Monzak's niece, and this is in the report, his niece, Elise Monzak, is a uh, chief of staff at the NIH. If you look at our report, uh, Elise Monzak, longtime chief of staff at the NIH, and it's it's just an incredible thing. There, Hold on. Uh, the page on Mel is 64 in the report. Footnote, 
um, number 362. Um, his niece is there. So, so you're, you're has, like the Google of everything Biden. <laughs> you know, I, I dedicated. I wanted, I, my goal was just to know more about the American first family than anybody in, in, in the Western world. The Chinese know more than me, of course, because they have back doors into everything. But it was my goal to know the Bidens because we were some, you know, there's a reason why all of this has come to pass and we've never been blessed with this much primary source data by the way for the record nothing has been altered there's been zero evidence even shit libs at wapo say there's this thing hasn't been manipulated and it's insane it's there's so much here there's there's insurance cards like Mel even – by the way, Joe Biden ha- doesn't even have to handle his own insurance, and he's not like you know, an oligarch that's actually made his money. He's just, he's just been elected to something, which is not even that difficult, especially if it's rigged. So Joe doesn't even handle his own insurance. That's Mel Monzak. So I'm looking at a – on page 65 in our report, a Chubb insurance card for, Joe, for Joey and Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, in the care of Mel Monzak. Uh, and by the way, we didn't include this because we couldn't – we didn't have the paper trail, but there is proof that uh, Hunter was committing state-level crimes on insurance because he put his dad as the insurer of the vehicle that he drove all the time because Hunter was such a fuck-up and he couldn't probably get good premiums. But Joey could because he's the VP. And so you know, there's crimes like that that, uh, that everyday people can't get away with, but that's just, that's just living as a Biden. I think Tara has her hands up. Go ahead, Tara. I wasn't. I I wasn't in a hurry. I wanted to make sure that my mic was still working. Can you hear me, okay, Kim? Yeah, can hear you well. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I I wasn't in a rush or anything. I just wanted to thank Marco uh, for coming in here and spending all. I know that's not your name. I know that's just your account name, but for spending all of this time um, and speaking about these things. Um, I've received countless DMs and comments and responses just thanking you, Kim, um, you, Ian, and myself having this space put on and, and allowing you to do the floor and uninterrupted. It's just been really smooth and, and a really great space. So I, I wanted to make sure to thank you. I'm not sure how long you get to stay, but it's been just a, a wealth of well, information for I'm, everybody. And I'm so glad it's recorded. So thank you. Well, no, thanks. I, I appreciate you coming on. And I've wanted to talk to you for, for months now. And I have as much time as my iPhone will allow. The only uh, unsolicited suggestion I would put for Twitter space is, is I'd love to be able to talk on the browser because I um, I have a corded, a corded uh, microphone and earplugs, but I'm on my phone, so I'm almost running out of juice. But no, this is a to just echo what you said. This is an answer to prayer for me. I've been wanting, uh, I've been wanting to be uh, to be able to talk about the Biden family, not about me or our work per se, but about about the documented felonies for a couple of weeks now that they've been doing these spaces. And so I have to thank Terry. Well, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? We have uh, had uh, in peak, I think, seven and a half thousand people in here. And you can be sure over the next few days, uh, because of the relevance and because of the, you know, the weight of this information, uh, this thing will be listened to a hundred thousand times and shared. And everyone who's here, uh, you know, if you were as impressed as, as I was uh, about, uh, you know, all the detail that uh, he knew, uh, please, you know, go ahead and retweet it. Uh, you know, once this uh, the space closes, there's a recording and share it wide, you know, share it with all your friends. 
tell everyone to have a look at it because you don't hear this anywhere else. This isn't in the media. You know, you can only get this on Twitter and only because Elon has wiped the place clean of all the criminal people that were trying to, uh, you know, stifle our free speech and stop us from revealing these types of uh, corruptions and and terrible uh, developments. So that is thank you. you. And I'd like to personally, point, I'd like you to cannot deliver talk a physical about this copy anywhere sometime. else. Oh, sorry, Marco. I was just going to reiterate, you cannot be talking about this anywhere else. No one else, no other platform will allow you to freely talk about these things. You will be shut down. You will be suspended. You will be banned. A month ago, we couldn't talk about this on Twitter. So that's 100% true. Marco, I wanted to ask you one question. Uh, in your research, have you come across, across Scott Green? He was the individual who bought uh, James Biden's uh, Virgin Island uh, home. And I'm just curious what's been disclosed regarding his relationships with the family. Very, very good question. I called him and the registered agent to his LLC. They both told me to fuck off in not so many words. Nobody, nobody will talk. Everybody's terrified of the man. A lot of these hookers that I got on the line, they're just, you know, they're terrified. Nobody wants to come out. Everybody's, everybody's scared. Not everybody. I should, I should be careful with my language. A large majority of the people implicated within the data of this laptop do not, uh, do not want to deal with the backlash, which is yeah, an indictment. I, I, yeah. I'm just going to preface this. Uh, just, you know, if people argue that this is partisan. Uh, it's their own uh, direct uh, laptops and Blackberries. But I'll include another fact. A lot of this dirt about Joe Biden was initially uh, brought up by Hillary Clinton uh, to push Biden out of the race when she ran. So I'm curious in anything you've seen, have you seen their discussions regarding uh, the Clinton family using this to ensure Hillary got the nomination in 2016 and the blowback coming back now? Very good question. All that we can find on the laptop is Hunter talking shit about Bill and Hillary in 2015 and 2016. There's a hilarious piece. There's a hilarious email, I should say, and then a hilarious article about Hunter saying that Bill, quote, looks like shit in one of the speeches that he did uh, stumping for Hillary in 2015, which is ironic now because Hunter's lost all of his hair and obviously the crack has aged him. So um, there's some infighting there. I personally, from a sociological standpoint, am always fascinated by leftists going after each other, and you almost always find it privately as with as opposed to on the right. They're doing it publicly. There's a hilarious bit we put. It's on left. So we used yeah. to do, you know, we talk yeah, shit it's... in private, but then publicly we support each other. The right's yeah. very different in that every single piece of fucking drama has to be out in the open, and it's very destructive, to be honest. I I agree, and I'm going to turn your attention to a hilarious bit. It's not criminal, but it is revelatory, and it's 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 to this gentleman's question, uh, and it's ironic again, all, like the Greek tragedians. I love when irony rears its head. So. Um, this is in the influence peddling section, which starts on page. Um, give me, give me twenty seconds here. Uh, this starts on page four hundred and sixty. Um, the the page I'm alluding to specifically is four hundred and seventy nine. This is an email um, f from Hunter to again one of Joe's alias emails address email, alias email addresses. The it's, it's it's named after the mascot 
of their prep school they went to called Archmere Academy. The the mascot is Aux, A-U-K-X. I don't even know what it is. I think it's a bird or some sort. But anyways, one of Joe's email addresses, and we put all of them in the report, is aux at att.blackberry.net. And Hunter quotes a speech from Obama that he gave. This is the Labor Day speech he gives in Milwaukee. He said – they would tell me about seeing their fathers or uncles losing their jobs, how it wasn't just a loss of a paycheck that stung. It was the blow to their dignity, their sense of self-worth, and, and they, the, that's the end quote. And then Hunter says this, wow, I wonder where he got that from. I'm surprised he didn't finish with the long walk up a short flight of stairs. Pretty amazing. And then, and then Joe responds uh, five hours later, no grace. So what does this mean? That means Joe and Hunter were pissed that Obama – plagiarized him and didn't credit him because he said that that came from joe and then he said no grace to obama slowly walking up a flight of stairs so what did we do we put um, uh, just accurate pictures of joe slipping three separate times going on air force one one of the relate uh, one of the the revelations in our report is that hunter biden admits two separate times to a psychiatrist in 2018 that he knows joe has dementia and in fact he uses the words uh, Keith Ablo, of course, is one of the people uh, in 2012 in his vice presidential debate with Paul Ryan that actually uh, suggested that Joe Biden had dementia all the way back in 2012. And again, so you have a man in the Oval Office right now, no matter what you think of me or Donald Trump or anybody else, his own son knows he has dementia. And these aren't my words. These are Hunter talking to his psychiatrist. And so that's – in any normal, sane country, that's a story, right? In South Africa, if, it, if, if the private correspondence from the president and his son – I'm just picking a random country. If, if correspondence from a president and his son services that's, that his son says, oh, yeah, the current president has dementia, that's usually on nightly news. But we, we live in such a corrupt regime that it's not. Hey, uh, Gareth, you, you have to come back when these um, House hearings are starting, and we should really do a space every day, maybe even while the hearings are going on, and then chime in, you know? I would be honored. I would be honored. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think your, a lot of people would like that. Your knowledge on these issues is encyclopedic, you know? Thank you. And I've been in a group chat with you on Telegram right. for weeks. I'm in that bunker chat. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> no, yeah, don't mention I'm... it. Don't mention it. Don't. <laughs> no. Um, but, bunker, uh, Chad? What bunker? <laughs> well, I, I, well, I was oh, just no, going to say, exist. we revealed it's, nothing. It's it just means of how, how corrupt the, the tech uh, the tech overlords are that we have to call it a bunker. But yeah, no, I'm, I, would, I would love uh, to come. In that hearing, he should have you right next to him or like behind him, so you can you can uh, uh, you can talk into his ear and and tell him when he when he goes wrong, you know, and just uh, it's been be it's been painful watching Chuck Grassley try to pronounce the name Yejing Ming. God love him because the guy is just he he's trying to pronounce the the uh, the Sino names, but he's just butchering it. So hopefully, even if I can just tell them how to pronounce the foreign names, maybe that'll be my value add. But really, the the end result that I would like is, of course, justice, which is Hunter gets uh, indicted at a state level in Arkansas for money laundering charges. That would be the mo the highest chance of him. Because remember, he's evaded justice his entire life. Gets caught with cocaine right out of high school. Uh, he's he's served literally. He's been uh untouchable until now 
And so if it happens at the state level, I will be, I will be tickled pink, but I'll be honored to come back. And I'll even, I'd like to, I'd like to send you a physical copy of the report camera, meet you in person. Cool. You should write a book or make like a Netflix no. documentary that's like five seasons long. You know, guess what? Here's an interesting story. The Fox Nation, they're doing a, a, a skit right now called Who is Hunter Biden? They um, they invited me to be on the third season, and then they revoked my my invitation. Apparently, uh, the, 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 the head producer invited me, Ben Brown, and then – when they were get, when we were getting close to production, like when I was going to the studio in um, New York, when I was planning on it, I was in DC in, in DC at the time. Um, uh, you know, they just I, I guess the front office squashed it. It's just pathetic. Like why wouldn't they have me on? I again, I'm not I'm not a journalist, but we put together this dossier that there's there's not been one mistake found the mistakes have been maybe it's uh, paul ryan you know you saw your name it's like oh no 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 that's no, actually no, a very good guys. point that's actually a very good point but yeah i yeah. just wanted to be known that that fox nation revoked my invitation to talk about this it's hilarious if, if there's anyone in this room who is a filmmaker uh who wants to do a documentary and and have a properly sourced valuable expert uh, to assist with creating it, uh, go ahead and you know contact this Marco Polo account, and I hope your DMs are open. I'll make them so. Yeah, op- open them up, and any filmmaker here who wants to make a really nice award-winning uh, documentary about this case, here's your chance. Dude, make it with Amanda Milius. Like. You know yeah. Amanda Milius, right? I mean, and we have a mutual who knows her personally. So, yeah, I mean, geez, why not? Yeah, have, have it ready in time for the next election. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, this is uh, – I, I can't wait till you all get physical copies. We've been selling them a little bit above cost right now. It's on our Twitter page. Um, we just – doing the first printing is we're working with a family owned business in Florida. We're printing 3000 copies. Um, we've sold about 2200. So there's about 800 left. I'm going down to Florida to sign each one of them and personalizing them. So I think this is an absolutely great coffee table book because, you know, my mother who I love dearly, she still hasn't read the damn thing in full yet. She's like, I'm stuck on page, you know, like 62 or whatever. Cause I can't, she's like me and wants to follow each footnote. And if you follow each hyperlink in each footnote, it'll take you about nine months. Let me ask you something else. How is Biden actually going to tackle China? That's what the deep state wants so badly, right? They want to have more sanctions. They actually wanted to sanction China for assisting Russia, uh, but Biden didn't do it. Uh, You know, there's so much um, that they want from Biden in regards to China. Don't you think that, you know, maybe Biden is holding back because China has all the goods on him? Yeah, I think if there's any country besides Ukraine that knows more intimate details about his family, it's China. And again, the only value add that I can bring to that question is we proved, based on firsthand evidence, that Xi was aware of the the joint, planned joint venture between the Biden family, Jimmy, Joe, and Hunter, and CEFC. So I wonder if, you know... Uh, on those walks in the Himalayas that Biden osteoporotically stuttered over, if 
on those walks in the Himalayas, he was offering his family services uh, to build, to, to have infrastructure projects in America with CEFC. Hilariously sad. But interesting, when he was VP, he had a lengthy meeting with Xi Jinping. Yes. And um, after like 15 minutes or so, they sent out everybody. Only a translator was behind for each of them. And they were meeting for three hours, basically talking face to face without any record, without anyone knowing what they were talking about. It's a phenomenal point. You're one of the first people to bring this up. And, um, you know, being a nerd, the first thing I looked for was any record of who the interpreter was. And I, we were going to get a full private investigator rundown on who the interpreter was because they will know things that can literally move the fate of nations. So whoever the hell the State Department – and it'd be telling if – you know because I the, – the couple of meetings that I was sat in on with foreigners during my White House days, one of them was with Japan. And we had these interpreters from the State Department come in obviously, and we didn't have any say over who the State Department sent really, right? I just like – I worked for Peter and I said, you know, like we'll need, we'll need in t- like in time, like in real time uh, interpreters. And they just sent somebody, they just like sent me and I didn't have it really any pick. And so I wonder if, if Joey, which is what the whole family calls him or pop. I wonder if Joey picked his interpreter of somebody he has, he's known for like 30 years, somebody who won't say a thing, somebody who won't ask questions, just translate the Mandarin into English. Don't ask anything, you know, you're a rock, basically, is what Joey wants in those meetings. So the reason why I know about this story is because a stenographer who was on that trip, who has been working uh, for Joe Biden for many, many years, wrote a story about it, basically became a whistleblower and 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 blew the story. And he's, he's gotten, again, very little traction. Nobody cares, even though this is a pretty big deal when you have such a big meeting between two leaders um, and it's just all completely covered up and there's no information what they have been talking about for, for over three hours. That's completely against um, what they are supposed to do. These things need to be transparent. Um, and, you know, one can assume because shortly after these meetings there was a money flow uh, into um, Hunter's uh, let's call it you know investment firm right mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's uh, we call it the corruption tango whereby every single foreign country that Joe is quote unquote the point man for Hunter gets consulting contracts and they love the word consulting because to most people they, it doesn't sound like lobbying and it doesn't sound corrupt. It's like, oh, I knew a consultant once. He was a smart guy. But consulting for Hunter really means just un, undeclared lobbying and FARA violations. Hunter can't consult in anything. He couldn't even put together a pitch deck. He was in quote-unquote private equity, and yet I didn't see one pitch deck constructed by him. It's hilarious. Yeah, we know this meeting with uh, Xi Jinping was a, kind of a big deal because Joe keeps talking about it. I mean, that famous phrase where he says America is a nation that can be defined in a single word and you know yes and I stuttered as a child and so I know what it's like to stutter and I don't anymore yeah no and I I don't really anymore but he uses that as a as a as a crutch just like Hunter's addiction is it's like if anybody makes fun of Joe's mental dexterity oh you're just making fun of my stutter so they always have that that safe hatch 
they 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 go to that basically you know throws cold water and throws it back on the person questioning them. Of, well, oh, do you yeah. do you remember during the debates where Hillary Clinton would constantly start coughing and would need to drink water in the yes. middle of a very important topic? It's a tactic they use. Yes, yeah, an incredible that one of those. Yeah. Uh, really quick, I have a DM from someone just confirming you are not um, suicidal, correct? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I got a second boy on the way due January 10th. I'm elated that I got this done before he arrived, the dossier. Um, Yay, no, have I'm him on to- my birthday. Have him on the yeah. 8th. <laughs> Ah, yes. No, my, That's my, my first mother's one birthday. Is, uh-huh. I, I've been, uh, the Kim's, Kim's pictures are adorable and I know exactly how it feels because I took like 3000 pictures of my newborn baby son. It's awesome. It's the Garrett, best thing I ever. I wanted to ask you something about the art. So there are 15 pieces in this little art, known art gallery in New York. And Burgess Gallery. Up, yes. I right, love that. George man. Burgess Gallery. That's right. And each of them are going up for as high as 500,000 a piece. And if you know anything about the art world, you know that traditionally it's very easy to launder money through art. Um, and for yes. a new artist to step on the scene and have his one piece sell for $500,000 is just unheard of. So what is the deal here? Is the White House going to reveal the names of the buyers? And then also... In addition to that, my concern is there's a video of this guy, at least there was, of this guy saying that he wanted to get into NFTs. And when you get into crypto payments, there's zero accountability there. So now, apparently, that video can't be found anywhere. I couldn't find it right now. It's um, not a video. It's a space no, like, no, no! I'm not talking about Mario Space. Oh, you're not talking there's, about Mario. Okay, okay. There's a there's a video prior to Mario Space of him, um, and and he was saying that he's he's interested in NFTs and he wants to get into NFTs. Are you now, talking about the that, dealer? That was the, that was the promo video Biden recorded for that space. I've seen that. Can you can you find that now? Because well, anyway, it's po- gone. That, that, <laughs> it's exactly, gone. exactly. Point point being. If this guy starts to get into anything that that is uh, any transactions that are involved with crypto, where anonymity is is huge, there I don't trust this guy with anything. But aside from that, the art pieces, these fifteen pieces at five hundred thousand a pop for a brand new artist, what is the deal here? And is the White House really going to release their names? Do you think? What are your thoughts? The White House will never release their names, and. What I, the angle that I have been going off of this entire thing is focusing on the corporate documentation of the gallery. We've pulled private investigative reports on George, his LLCs, and where they're domiciled and trying to get a good grasp of who are all the players. They, we know they have two other employees for which they got a huge PPP loan right after Joey was in office, right after Joey was installed. So when, um, you know, after after Biden was put in, they got a huge PPP loan. So again, no smoking gun of crimes, but a hell of a coincidence. But I really think that, that George is a weak link, even link, even weaker than, than Hunter. There's so much baggage that comes along with this guy. And, um, you know, he brags in a 2015 interview and it's in our report, of course, in one of the footnotes that he has a vast collection. He has a vast, 
uh, set of collectors in China. He brags about that. That's actually one of his selling points that, hey, if you list your art at my studio, I have a huge clientele in China. You can't make this stuff up. That uh, that's one of their, that's one of his key selling points. So I don't think it's any coincidence that George and Hunter linked up. Um, you know, Hunter's one of his girlfriends for a while. Uh, her her Twitter name was Weed Slut Four Twenty. Her real name is uh, Zoe Keston. She knows of George Burgess, and so I think that um, that that all of these things are only going to be found through subpoenas and. There was nothing on the laptop that talked about George's because he met him only three months after Hunter dropped off the laptop. But, um, you know, whoever – I would love to – I was – I'll be honest. Somebody mentioned the Twitter spaces. I was very displeased with the terms that that host agreed to because after Hunter got off the line, he said he was limited on what he could ask. And as you know tonight, there's no limit to what you can ask me. I mean, unless it's about space, you know, I was supposed to be in that space. And then the Hunter Biden team told Marco, no, uh, we're, we're canceling if Kim.com is there. So I just withdrew and said, OK, go ahead. Uh, you know, and the thing, be, be, of course, turned into a total shit show. The only person who was, was knowledgeable there and who could have asked some tough questions they didn't want to have on the space. Yes. I mean, why? It, I, I can't say anything to uh, to add to that other than holy shit. I mean, this guy's like this guy's fifty two years old. Grow up, grow up a little bit. I mean, think about all of the uh, the nineteen rounds that uh, former President Trump went through with the media. I mean, those three hour press conferences. They were just clawing at each other like cats and dogs. We've never seen something like that. With, with Joe. He never has to a answer any... A, a good question for a reporter to ask our president is, Joe, how many grandchildren do you have? That's all they have to ask him. And he, you will see... No, I'm serious. You will I, know, see, I know, I know. I know you, you will are. see yeah, a Pavlovian dog-like response. You'll, every time he's backed into a corner, he starts cussing and says, you want to do some push-ups? You think you got a better IQ than me? Come on, man. That's it's what he does. It's That's like, the difference between, you know, like you look at Joe Biden, he, his press conferences last about five minutes, right? Whereas Vladimir Putin can literally talk for like six, nine hours to journalists and he will literally sit down with them on the table, you know, at the table and just have a long ass conversation with them. He has no problem answering yes. questions. There's That's a what great... a leader should do. If you look at the faces of the people that are standing around the Biden press conference on the White House side, the longer it takes, the more sweat and nervous itching <laughs> you see in their faces. Yep. It's yes. ridiculous. Like, this is such a shit show. No one wants him to talk because every time he does, he fucks up. There's this famous quote from Obama. What did he say about Biden? Yeah, oh, yeah and that, that's in our report. Don't estimate, don't underestimate Joe's ability to fuck things up. Exactly. That's an insane. And, and just one final thing about this art thing. One reason that the art world is so easy to launder money through is because typically big art collectors, what they'll do um, is they'll buy multiple pieces in a collection. So it's not uncommon for like, if an artist is having a collection of let's say 15, 20, 25 pieces for a collector, a seasoned collector to go and buy 10 of those or, or uh, eight of those. And when we're talking about these high prices, and when we're talking about a son of a president, his first time on the art scene, 
these prices, it's very concerning. So unprecedented, I, I think, yeah, in the history of the industry. Exactly, and I would be very concerned about someone. A, a, this is an air quotes. A collector buying multiple pieces in that collection. So. Wow. Hey guys, this, this space has been going on for a while. Yes, I, I, we I know. Covered, we covered a lot of ground. I'm very pleased. Thank with, you for your time. With everything, and uh, we're definitely going to do this again. Uh, I want to thank Ian and Tara for co-hosting this, and everyone who's been on this panel. You have all been very well behaved, unlike other spaces. Uh, so thank you for that, and uh, I hope we are going to have another space tomorrow about the next release of the Twitter files. Uh, so Hopefully. thank you for hosting. Yeah, thank no you problem. for hosting. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Tim. <laughs> please you. tune back in and make sure uh, to spread this uh, tweet about this space uh, once the recording is live. So once I end this thing, the recording will be available and then go ahead, you know, quote, tweet it tweet it let a lot of people see it and uh, tell them what you thought about the space all right everyone have a good uh, rest of your day or good night wherever you are and uh, peace and love bye bye <laughs>